It's a damn tough life full of toil and strife we weathermen undergo. And we don't give a damn when the gale is done, how hard the winds did blow. Cause we're homeward bound from the Arctic ground with a good ship taut and free. And we won't give a damn when we drink our rum with the girls of old Maui. Rolling down to old Maui, me boys, rolling down to old Maui. We're homeward bound from the Arctic ground, rolling down to old Welcome Maui. Welcome to Higgledy Piggledy Whale Statements. I'm Mark. And I'm Ben. And <laughs> you want to go? You can go. Sure. And, uh... Tonight, we're talking about uh, The Whale God, a 1962 movie that is sort of an adaptation of Moby Dick. Yeah, it's um, it's an adaptation of a, a film. Uh, well, of a novel. Oh, Jesus. It's... Remember how we were doing this constantly last episode? Yeah, yeah. No, we, we don't know that we're lit people. We don't know the difference between films and novels. A film is just a novel that's moving and on screen in an unnatural way, and I, I can't stand for it. <laughs> yeah, we also, I mean, we have consistently mixed up the names of like Ishmael, Ahab, and even Queequeg, so I think this is just a problem with our brains. Look. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so it is based on, uh, adapted from a novel uh, that was published the previous year, and I think that novel is sort of broadly inspired by Moby Dick. Yeah, I mean, I think it is fair to call it an adaptation of Moby Dick to different cultural conditions around whaling and different ideas about whaling. Obviously, it's a historical novel written in 1961 rather than a just slightly historical novel right. written in, uh, you know, the 1850s. So it has a different context towards its sort of historical picture of whaling. Well, we should also say it's a Japanese film based on a Japanese yes, novel. That, and it's sorry, about yes. Japanese whaling, which is <laughs> yes, another, big, another big different context. I mean... You know, I think it is interesting how this, I think this is also, it's never made super explicit, but I believe this novel and film are also both set sometime in the 19th century. Um, yeah, I think so. It's kind of clearly after, um, you know, Japan is opened to world traffic because there's a Christian priest who is not being actively persecuted by the government. Yeah, there's a there's a, a, a white a uh, Christian missionary of some kind around. Yeah. Um, so the the religious situation in the context and in the context tells us that it's not before that point. I can't precisely date it. I would need a more in-depth sense of not just, you know, actual Japanese history, but also what the filmic reference are that tell you what period something is supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, I, I would imagine that in much the same way that, like, when an American watches an American historical film, it's we can usually tell, oh, is this the 1850s versus the 1890s? I'm sure that's information is on the film on the screen, but Ben and I don't know how to interpret it, really. Yeah, and, um, and we'll get into various things going on, so... Yeah, but but the important thing being that, um, obviously this is a, a very different whaling culture from the one in, uh, in Moby Dick. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, specifically this is, um... It's shore whaling. Yeah, shore whaling, I was about to say. So these are people, they're going out in boats from the beach to hunt a whale... 
not too, too far from shore. And, like, they're going out from shore, but they're not going out nearly as far as the Pequot does. Yeah, they're, they're not going, like, they're not going past the horizon is, I think, a major part. Yeah, but, um... Anyways, we are getting way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we should, it's, um... Yeah, the thing I wanted to say is just that even with all of the differences of context and the type of whaling and... Even the structure of the story. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, it really is a totally different, not totally is very different in terms of plot and characters. I still think this film, in some sense, really captures some of the same things as Moby Dick. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is a really great example of something that has a lot in common in terms of fundamental themes, in terms of fundamental symbols and what it uses whales to mean, and to some extent in terms of just attitude towards the uh, efforts of whaling, as the novel, in a way that the 1956 movie doesn't in yeah. some elements. Like, I think we both sort of came out of it think, uh, saying that it's weird that it's much further from Moby Dick in almost every possible way, but feels more like it's grappling with the same things Moby Dick is grappling with than Moby Dick 1956. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's true. Uh, before we go too much further, we should probably say, like, yeah. who directed this and stuff. Um do you want to, you've got that information closer to uh, hand? Yeah, the director was uh, Tokuzo Tanaka, um, who apparently has a pretty, like, major career in uh, Japanese film of the era. Um, it has a number of actors that uh, were pretty major as well. I recognized a couple, and we'll try to get to them as we get to characters. Yeah. Um, and here's a fascinating thing, is that, so it was based on the, uh, like, I think the debut novel of Kuichiro Uno, who... Um, uh, wrote this in 1961, and then went on to, as far as I can tell, have a long career of writing humorous erotic novels, many of which were adapted to film. So, he wrote one grim gothic wailing novel based on Moby Dick, and then went, time for porn! <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, I, I am now very curious about the novel that this film is based on. We, we are not planning on doing that novel for this podcast because I don't think we're really planning on doing any full-on novels for the appendices. That's kind of a lot to... Uh, I think it would be biting off more than we can chew. Yeah, yeah. And, and also it's, you know, it's a Japanese novel from 1961, so I don't know how easily I'm going to be able to find it and read it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. and But I am curious about it now. Um, yeah, no, it's... It's an interesting question. Uh, I think the the really wild thing to me is that it took me a while to determine that he was the same author because uh, his the his erotic stuff is only referenced in terms of the films made from it on Wikipedia. But then in the uh, list of a like major Japanese like national book award, uh, which I which is not mentioned at all. On his, on his own Wikipedia page, it links, because of the whale god, to his Wikipedia page. It was like, okay, they do appear to be the same person. Other reviews have said they're the same person. But nothing about him that talks about his career in erotica mentions the whale god at all. Fascinating. I know. It's, it's wild is what it is. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to get into, like, the, the events of the movie? Uh, yeah, I do want to say that I I am willing to be a conspiracy theorist about the possibility that there were actually two novelists named Kuichiro Uno, one of whom wrote one novel, which was The Whale God, and the other of whom got really into erotica in about the same period. 
yeah. I, th- th- yeah, I, if you know more about novelist Koichiro Uno, <laughs> especially if you can get me a, a decent English translation of The Whale God, or if you can tell us anything about his erotica, uh, please do get in touch. I, I would be very interested <laughs> to know all that. Uh, um, I mean, the thing is, it's easy to find information about his erotica. It's difficult to find information about the whale god other than about the movie. Mm, I see. I guess I should actually look into his erotica if I'm curious about that. But yeah, anyway. that one appears to have plenty of uh, filmic translations, which, you know. Anyways, uh, so, not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> I just thought it was fascinating. It, it is. Uh, so, the whale god. Um, I, I've got a pretty detailed summary of the events of this film, the way that I generally have for um, chapters of Moby Dick. And yeah. as I've done with those summaries, I'm not going to read it word for word. I'm just going to go through and we'll talk about it as we go, I yeah. think. Yeah, and I think that it's pretty fair to say that most of our listeners will not yet have seen uh, The Whale God. Although, I think I can preempt this by saying, I recommend it. It's a good film. There's some content warnings involved, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, actually, let's let's actually give those content warnings just here at the beginning yeah, of the episode. Of um, there is a pretty explicit uh rape scene in the film yes um, like it's not it's not nc-17 but like you see someone rape someone that's yes. on the screen um and also there's quite a bit of whale gore yes um, there's definitely whale gore fountains of blood um, it's it's about comparable to 1956 whale gore to moby dick 1956 there's, yeah. it's just, there's a, it goes on longer. Yeah, the, the, the whale gore in the 1956 film I felt was less intense, but I do, you're, you're not wrong. They're, they're clearly like similar kinds of effects are being used, I think. Yes. Um, I mean, I thought that there was, to me, it looked like there were clear, like visual references, mm. like the way they climb onto the whale, the way they stab at it with the harpoon, which is explicitly not what you're supposed to do if you're climbing onto a whale in Japanese shore whaling. You're supposed to climb onto it and then use a knife to, um, I mean, effectively, I'm pretty sure, cause it to drown in its own blood, but it's not entirely clear. Yeah, we don't know as much about uh, how uh, Japanese whaling of this period worked as we now do about um, American <laughs> whaling, uh, because the film doesn't have quite as much uh, information in that regard, which is fine. This is true, but he does have sections where you just see whaling occur and like whale processing and it does make an effort to give you information about what the life of a whaling village is like in that respect absolutely and so in that in that case it is genuinely doing some of what moby dick does it's just that it's doing it in film and without endless exposition yes so in the beginning of the film uh in the first 10 minutes Three successive generations of uh, whalers from this village, Wadaura, uh, fail to defeat Shatsu, the whale god. Um, Yeah, it's... The movie begins as gothic as it intends to be. Yeah, we just, we see, like, first we see these, this, you know, a, a group of boats, like, led by this kind of, like, older man who is, like, you know, commanding them, like, where to go. Um, and that man dies... And his, you know, wife and child, like, look dramatically out into the sea. And then his son is a man and goes whaling and he dies. And then that man's eldest son also goes whaling and dies. Yeah, the um, the opening sequence of the whale god is fantastic. Also, I think you used a name that we haven't uh, explained yet, Shatsu. 
Uh, yes. I mean, I yeah. The the whale god is named Shatsu. They call yes. him that. Um, I just wanted to make that clear. Yes. Uh, yeah, the, I also don't think the village has been called Wadaura yet, but I'm generally... You specified the village Wadaura. Yeah, I'm as I go forward, I'm probably going to name characters a little bit before they get... In particular, um, A doesn't get a name until oh, after yeah, yeah, her yeah. first couple appearances. And yeah, I, it's a little bit odd, but... She also doesn't have, like, any kind of speaking role. She's just there as a kind of silent witness for her first couple of well, Yes, that's true. I, I, it was something where I actually, w- w- I think both Ben and I were slightly confused at Well, first. because we didn't, uh, we didn't mark the specific person. We should have, because she did get, like, focus in the crowd. But we didn't mark her particularly, especially because uh, another character, Kishu, pushed his way past her in a really, like, dramatic way and became, like, the visible center of the shot. And so yeah. it's sort of like, well, that could have just been a face in the crowd getting pushed aside for this guy. Um, I will say, something about the names in this movie that's really interesting to me is that there's a lot of economy in naming. If someone does not need to be named in order to be identifiable for the narrative, they are not named. Yeah. So, um... Like the village elder, I don't think, ever gets named. No, yeah, there's a major character who who is only referred to in the subtitles that we had as the village elder. Yes, um, and uh, who is specifically the, like, um, you know, he's in charge of the village, he's a samurai, he actually almost draws a sword one time. Yeah. Uh, and he's also, I mean, okay, I was about to say, he's kind of the Ahab, but honestly, this is oops all Ahabs. Yeah, th- yeah. Well, I feel like this is a film that, depicts in a very like uh powerful way what it would actually feel like to be on the pequod in one of those moments when everyone is like fully fired with ahab's purpose like almost everyone in this village is furious to kill the whale god or or for the whale god to be killed if they're not like personally a whaler um and uh that is, in fact, like, the next thing that we see after this, like, after these scenes of, like, generations of wailing and death. Just decimated. And uh, it's a black and white film. It's a really dark film. Like, yeah. it's it's intense. And we get the, uh, I want to mention, we get, like, during the titles, it's just, like, images of uh, Shatsu, like, emerging slightly from the water and descending again. So you just have, like... Solid minutes of nothing but whale. Yeah. Um, With intense music. Yeah. So, uh, you know, after this, like, last whaling, after this last hunt in which the the eldest son of this family, which is to be clear, the, the family where we've seen the grandfather, father, and son all die, this is the kind of like the family of the head spearfisher, um... So it, it seems like that's kind of a hereditary title in this town to some mm-hmm. extent. Um, although it's not clear how much of it is. It seems like a lot of what's going on here is just if your father was the head spearfisher, you're like expected to be an outstanding spearfisher yourself. Yeah. And um, also, um, if your entire family has been dedicated to vengeance upon the whale for generations. Yes. People are going to let you try to take vengeance on the whale. Yeah. So, like that, so that's very clearly a large part of what's going on with them is that like, I mean, three generations have gone forth into the maw of Shatsu. Yeah. So, so, uh, in the wake of this, like third generation, uh, of death, um, 
just the entire village is, is whipped into a fury to kill the whale god. Um, there's two separate characters who give kind of like maddened anti-whale god speeches. Um, one of whom is is the uh, the mother of the the son who's just died. So also the widow of the previous generation. Yeah. So um, there's. I think the best way to talk about it because uh, a lot of the narrative will follow the younger her younger son yes. who is now the next one up to try to kill Shatsu. Um, so we have his grandfather killed by the whale. His father killed by the whale and then his brother killed by the whale yes and and his his mother like she she kind of um like she 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 speaks these lines uh when she says them they're like i guess poetry because she's just saying them um they will show up later in the film as a song Um, but yes this these intense images of like you know uh you know cover yourself in a black cloud and go the whale god wipes blood from his mouth yeah um, and she, like, she says all that and then, like, collapses on the sand. And everyone just kind of leaves her there. <laughs> yeah, no, and and just is sp- filled with, like, you know, shouting about death to the whale god. Yeah, and, and like, the uh, the other uh, person who is, is, like, giving this sort of maddened speech is uh, a character called Yohei. And we won't learn that he's called that until much, much later yeah, in the Yeah, at the but... beginning I was just like, ah, a bearded prophet. Yes, he basically, yeah, he just, he, he's, he, what he's saying is that, like, the, the whale god, like. Will is, return. Yeah, the whale god will return. Like, he, he isn't, he, he's not actually urging everyone to kill the whale god directly, yeah. but he is kind of, like, doomsaying the whale god's return. Yeah, he is maddened with the, uh, the approach of Shatsu, which isn't going to happen for a while. Yes. And, uh. He it, gets, like, dragged off by a bunch of people. Yeah. And uh, in, in this kind of, like, chaos of, of anti-whale god Fuhrer, um, the... Uh, oh, we should mention that stretched out on the beach are the bodies of all the yes. men who were killed in the last attempt to kill the whale god. So there's, like, um, and, like, covered with uh, mats and with their faces showing. And there's this amazing panning shot across just body after body and, like, people holding torches and standing over them. It's just utterly silent that leads into the mother's, like, anguished declaration of war. Yes. Uh, so, uh, the, the village elder, whom we mentioned, uh, he kind of, like, calls everyone atten- everyone's attention. Yeah, uh, I should mention he's probably the biggest name actor in the film, as far as I'm aware, uh, Takashi Shimura, who's uh, known for, like, I think being one of the leads in Seven Samurai, yeah, and Rashomon, just a... A, a name. Name, a name, exactly. yeah. yeah. Um, he's also great in this. I love his performance. Yeah. And, and, uh, he, arresting everyone's attention, uh, he announces that, uh, whoever brings him the whale god's snout on a rope, uh, you know, kills the whale god and brings back a trophy, uh, will have the hand of his only daughter Toyo in marriage and will inherit his title and his fortune. Um, yeah, he's declaring, you know, if I were ten years younger, I would be out there throwing a harpoon with you, but I can't. So I will put everything I own on the line to destroy the whale god. Yeah. And uh, I also love that when he says my daughter Toyo, he, like, gestures and then, like, 
separated from the crowd by, like, 50 feet, standing on these, like, incredibly dramatic rocks sticking out of the beach in, like, this beautiful kimono in perfect posture is his daughter. She doesn't speak this entire scene. She doesn't emote. She just stands there in the distance. Yes. And the shots of her, this, it is the most gothic thing in the world. There's some really good... Uh, Toyo does some amazing just standing there not saying anything in this film <laughs> oh yeah no she's she has a presence doing that and generally speaking also people standing on rocks especially when they're silhouetted yes. against the sky they get like, so much mileage out of like the 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 rocks and the, the rocky on coast this bit, yeah on this beach um do you know who... in fact there's a uh, the family, uh, before the um, second generation of decimations, had uh, some swearing vengeance while staring out to sea from those rocks. Do you have to hand the... Oh, interesting. Um, so, I, I'm not sure... We're, we're looking at this uh, article about this film. Yeah, uh, that's, that's sort I... of presenting what if this were a Criterion Collection film, because it deserves to be... And uh, it's like a WordPress that does hypothetical criterion things. Yeah, I, I was going to, I wanted to, f- to say the name of the actress who plays Toyo, but I think um, this article is confused because they say that the name of the village elder's daughter is Yuki, which it's not. Yeah, it's definitely um, not. So now I don't know if Michiko Takano is the actress who played the different character named Yuki or if she played Toyo. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's distressing, because Yuki is the sister of, from the family of whalers. Yes. So, um... The younger sister. So, all right, this this kind of promise is made. And, uh, Shaki, who I think we can safely call our protagonist... Yeah, no, he's, he's absolutely our protagonist. He's one of our Ahabs. <laughs> he, he is the, yeah, the, the younger son of this head spearfisher family. He, like, steps forward and, uh swears to kill the whale god and bring that trophy home to the I village. I think he elder. actually swears to kill the whale god and die trying. Like, not or die trying, he just swears to give his entire life to killing the whale god. Yeah, it might be, I, I don't remember the exact line. Yeah, but... his... He's intense about this, and, you know, uh, we've literally seen uh, his grandfather killed by the whale, then uh, his father swears vengeance and is then killed by the whale, and then his brother grows up being told by their grandmother and then their mother that they must be the ones to kill the whale in really dramatic ways. There's a scene of his brother, like, sitting in front of the Christian shrine calling on their ancestors, because they have, like, a little Christian icon in their house. They're, mm-hmm. This is clearly a Christian, at least somewhat Christian family, or a Christian family in, a, in a, the complex way that you get with, you know... Christianity's outside of extremely, like, European contexts. And they've sworn, you know, a religious devotion to kill the whale. His brother then dies after his mother's like, no, you can't go with him. He must face, you know, Shatsu alone. And then you'll face Shatsu alone if he dies. Yeah. And that's what's happening now. Yeah. I think that this town is Christian. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think, like, clearly the relationship that that the people in yeah, the town I mean, it's, have it's, to Christianity is complicated, but I, I think that, the like... The town, at the very least, is interested in christianity and has a christian missionary or priest i would i don't think anyone there is christian the way we often think of when we talk about like a christian convert i don't think any of them are reviling traditional religion i think that it's an entirely synchronous thing we see like rituals occurring in a shinto context as well with the entire town yeah there's also the fact that um like the 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 priest does like 
speak out against this whale god fury. Specifically for this one family when they're first swearing vengeance. And his his framing of it is a little confusing. It's super weird. I'm really unclear on what is being communicated this there. Is... Did we did we get the specific words of it? Oh, I didn't take a screenshot of that. I'm uh... sorry. But but he says something along the lines of like like don't hunt the whale god for the son of man will not wrestle with the devil or something like that. Yeah, and like the son of man will, you know, does not wrestle with the devil of the deep or something like that. I think what he's trying to communicate is something along the lines of like this vendetta is like is blasphemous or like is not like something I support religiously. I think it's I think he's definitely saying I don't support the vendetta. I think that I think that the thing he's trying to communicate is the idea that being obsessed with this whale god and being driven by it is becoming entangled in some kind of devilishness or or demonic force. Uh, That there's this idea that you are in some way... I wouldn't necessarily say it's blasphemy in the same way as Moby Dick conceives of it as blasphemy, but rather that there's a sort of... uh, that you think that you're going to be able to beat it, but you won't, because it is, in fact, endowed with a a position and a power that you should not be, uh, you know, challenging. To which the uh, the mother of the family says that we will kill the devil. Yeah, but to be clear, something he doesn't say is it's not a god. Um, yeah, which no. and, and you know, this is a certainly a, a translational thing to some extent. I don't think that the word that is being translated as god in the title of this film and consistently throughout the subtitles of what we watch i don't think that that means exactly the same thing as say the word god does when it's used in the novel moby dick um like so that sure i i think we're not really qualified to comment on All, all i wanted to say is that like there's there's some kind of cultural distance here um, but yes, I agree. You and I are not really in a position to analyze exactly yeah, yeah. what's going on religiously here. Yeah, yeah. Um, or frankly, we're not even, we're not qualified to comment on how, what the priest says was translated, especially in the context of potentially multivalent religious terminology. Yeah. Um, so that's a slightly baffling part of the movie, and I'm fascinated to hear people's takes on it. Yeah, but just the priest has some kind of objection to all this. Yeah, yeah. Um, priest is not in favor. Anyhow, so, uh, so, Shockey steps forward, swears to kill the whale god. And uh, die trying. Yes, and, and, and it's clear that he is kind of like the, the champion of the village. Or, it's, it's interesting, he has not gone whale fishing yet. Yes. He is a total novice, but everyone respects his claim to having the first attempt at killing the whale god and marrying Toyo. Like, yes. everyone sort of cheers him on and says, yes, you deserve that first chance. Yes. Uh, but then, uh, so this is the moment that we described earlier when, uh, the character A is present and she's kind of looking on as Shaki makes this vow with a harrowed expression. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I should say that we get a lot of harrowed staring because much like in Moby Dick 1956, this movie really loves the shot of all the women and children and old men standing along the shore in a dark mass, staring out after the boats that have gone to face the whale. Yes. It's incredibly gothic. And again, there's this fascinating thing where it's either, no, this is just a cultural universal to whaling, or this is a direct visual reference to 1956 Moby Dick. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know... Um... I don't know whether that film had been, like, re- had been released in Japan. I um, have no idea what the system of 
you know, put it getting films out internationally at the time looked like enough to even say whether released in Japan was a meaningful was a thing. sentence. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I'm just saying that there's enough visual similarities there that either Whaling created a similar visual language just by the facts of the case, or someone saw Moby Dick 1956. Yeah, hard to say. Uh, so, or they're both drawing on some earlier set of films. Sure. Uh, so, as we said, uh, then uh, this man pushes past... Uh, the... This guy's an asshole. He looks like an asshole. Yeah, pushes He's past got... A, and he he asks, uh, okay, does this whole, like, hand of your daughter in marriage deal extend to uh, a drifter from outside the village, like me? Uh, and the samurai... Like, confirms that it does, but in the most insulting way possible. I mean, in the most insulted way possible. Well, yes. the guy just, like, this guy who we learn is from the village of Kishu and has been there for, has been in uh, Wadara for about ten days. And from now on, will only be called Kishu. We never learn his name. We only have the name of his village. He's the outsider. That's his, that's his terminology, his yes. name. Um, he didn't just, like you know, come forward and swear, you know, I will, you know, seek your daughter's hand in marriage. No, he goes up to the rock that the village elder is standing on and, like, leans on it and leans up and is like, does this uh, thing you're offering extend to, you know, someone like me? You know, could I marry your daughter? Like, the way he did it was really, like, obnoxious. Yes, no, he he's absolutely... Uh, Provocative. He, yes, and, and uh, you know, what the village elder says is, like, Yes, I would honor this deal. Like, a samurai does not mince his words. I would honor this deal with, like, a, a filthy beggar in the gutter. I mean, that's that's who he's talking to. Yes, and and, uh, and this is when he, like, fingers his sword. Yeah, he, he flips it so that the blade is just slightly released from the scabbard, then pushes it back in and says, If you ever approach me like this again, I will run through your stinking guts. Yeah, so it's like, yes, I will honor this deal with you, but and also, fuck off and don't. Yes. Um... <laughs> So, we very clearly in this scene established the dynamic between these two figures, both of whom are swearing their intention to face the whale god and claim this reward, one of them out of vengeance, the other one out of very straightforward uh, greed. Yeah. And uh, the next uh, next thing that happens is we're at a, a building that I don't fully know how to describe. The way I conceived of it was just like, this is where the whalers hang out. I mean, I think it's where the whalers. I think it's basically a barracks. Like mm. it's it's a place where uh, people sleep. You know, they were clearly drinking, but it wasn't the like you know tavern or drinking house that we see later. Oh, I don't think it was the same because it was. Huh. Okay, I believe you. Because um, the, the the drinking house is in another village for one thing. Well, okay, there's the there's the house that he goes to with like Yohei, but yeah, but that's the same one that we'd see them drinking in, and they get in like a fight there later. A different oh, fight. okay. I think I got confused about these different locations. But the, the point is, um, here's this, like, place where all the whalers are, um, and they're kind of, like, carousing. And, yeah. uh, and I think there are, like, some women around in this scene, right? I don't remember mm, any maybe of this not, scene. Maybe this not. This scene really just seemed okay. like a men's barracks for, like... Because, so one thing that will be established later, and that probably is, if you're more aware of the history, more obvious, is that... Whalers are coming from all over to Adaura for the whaling season. Yes. There are there are plenty of, like, out-of-towners, but who are from the whaling culture in general. And we'll later learn why this matters in a way very similar to Moby Dick's, like, isolados all coming together. Yeah, there's, there is, like, this interesting sense that, like, a lot of people from outside Wadaura are still kind of, like, 
part of the whaling community that Wadara is a part of. Yes. And, whereas Kishu is not. Yeah, Kishu is a drifter who has declared himself a whaler because he wants to, you know, claim this thing. He's not... There's no idea that he was a whaler before. Although, given that he turns out to be quite competent yeah, no, at it, it's entirely possible he was a whaler, but he's not claiming a connection to or kinship with the whaling, you know, class. Yeah, so, like, specifically the thing that happens in the scene is that one of the whalers, and I I can't remember if it's ever established whether this guy is from Wadawra or not. I'm um, assuming he is just because he's in the, he's in basically all the crowd shots. Yeah. He's, he's slightly, he's dressed in a slightly, like, visibly different way from others. I don't know if we ever get his name, but he's clearly, we like, this guy's name. the boss whaler. Yeah, he's, so th- he specifically says, look, um, Shockey gets first dibs because his grandfather, his father, and his brother have all been killed by the whale, and and we all, you know, respect that, and we are, like, good people, so we're gonna let him get the first chance, but if he sadly fails, I get the next chance because I'm the most senior whaler. You're not even on the list. Yeah, and, and he specifically asks Kishu, have you forgotten the code of the sea? Yes. A- and Kishu's response to that is like, I don't need any fucking code. Yeah, um. <laughs> Kishu is... Incredibly contemptuous, incredibly, like, intense-eyed. He's just drinking through all of this, and, like, uh... And and the two of them, in fact, like, to be clear, the two of them fight, it starts at the beginning of this scene, is this, like, senior whaler basically calling Kishu out for a fight. Um, Yeah, yeah, he's like, look, you have, you know, you're out of line, you need to, you know, know your place and fit in with the other whalers and follow the code, and Kishu says, fuck off, I'm drinking. Yeah, and so they have this fight, and... Also, uh, Kishu specifically, like, provokes the other guy into the actual physical fight by, like, taking a, a swig of what I'm assuming is sake and then, like, blowing in his face. So it must yes. have been, like, intense, like, drunk breath in his face. Yes, he does do that. And, uh, and, and it's a pretty, like, uh... Knockdown, dragout fight. Yeah, it's a pretty messy fight, and, and Kishu wins by grabbing, like, a burning brand from a fire that, like, there's a you know, like a pot of tea or something hanging over the fire. He grabs a stick out of the fire and burns the other guy's face. Yeah, he also, um, they both repeatedly ground and pound the other. Like, when we say it's a messy fight, I don't just mean that they're, like, rolling all over. I mean, like, each of them gets, like, pushed up against the wall and repeatedly punched in the gut. Uh, They each get pinned at different times, but it quickly becomes clear that Kishu's, like, stamina and strength vastly outweigh uh this head whaler who's coming to pick the fight um and it's not just that he is vicious after burning him he still drags him up uh onto you know another part of the ground and further kicks him pours sake over over his burn and gets up kicks him again and walks off yeah it's it's brutal yeah Um. and then demands someone else hand him the jug of sake he's drinking from and the guy just hands it over because yeah kishu has established kishu has t-posed to establish dominance by t-posed i mean brutalized a man yes yeah um so the next thing is uh shaki is recovering in his family's house uh from his first successful whale hunt yeah uh, after which he's slept for two days yep he he got a whale congratulations but he missed basically all of the post whale events yes and his sister yuki this is the character Yuki, is, like, <laughs> taking care of him. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, he, he like, he wakes up, and uh, Yuki's fiancé, Kasuke, arrives. Um, and he's here to say that he's going to go to Nagasaki for a year to study to be a doctor. Um, which, 
enrages Shaki because he thinks that Kasuke should stay there and participate in uh, the fight against the whale god. Yes, and like uh, Kasuke is uh, abandoning, um, you know, whaling, abandoning their tradition, and uh, abandoning the vendetta. And Kasuke's like, this entire town is insane. Yeah. You are all desperately mad with a desire to fight an unstoppable whale. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to have a life. Yeah, he. I think he literally says in this scene, it's just a whale. Yes, um, it's just a whale. You're all crazy. Yeah. In and, some order. And it's also like, you know, Shaki accuses him of abandoning Wadara. And he's like, no, I'm going to become a doctor so I can come back here. And like, be a doctor here and help people. Um, this, this will actually come up in the very yes. last scene of the movie. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and... and uh, you know, like we said, he's he's uh, Yuki's fiance, and Shaki's like, I'm not going to give my little sister to someone who would turn his back on Wadaura. And uh, so then Kasuke just kind of leaves. Well, Kasuke says, I'll be back in a year. Yes. And, you know, Yuki's sort of like, but Shaki... Yeah, Yuki and, still wants to marry him. Yeah, and I'll be honest, Shaki doesn't... He doesn't, like, say to Yuki, no, absolutely not. He just sort of goes like... It, I... From my perspective, I got the very strong feeling that there was no way Shaki was actually going to follow through on that threat. Yeah, I mean, certainly, like, uh, as I think we'll see for the rest of the film and the way that, like, marriage comes up, um, it, even though marriage is obviously important to people's families, it doesn't seem like people's parents have necessarily total control over who they marry well except, except for, for toyo, toyo yeah. yeah toyo is the person who is in the position where her father can just decide who she marries but that's not really the case like it doesn't really seem like if shaki fully objected to yuki and kasuke's marriage it doesn't like it seems like yuki could have run away with kasuke yeah there's there's really not a strong sense that for whaling families of, like, just, you know, commoner whalers, uh, that marriage is something that is, like, fully formally controlled by parents or older siblings or anything. And, you know, part of this may just be that the various characters involved in this particular narrative don't particularly care about that stuff, yeah, which we'll, we'll not... see when we get to it. Yeah. But, uh, anyhow, um, after this, uh, Shaki goes to look at the bones of the whale he killed. Uh, it's it's cool. We get some cool bones. Yeah, there's like the skull and a couple other pieces of its skeleton. Are I really remember this like big spinal uh, like chunk. Ah, yes, you're right. There's definitely a big piece of it. Like a spine. vertebra. That's the term I'm looking for. Oh yes, a huge vertebra. Yes. Yeah, with like the flanges. And remember that that bit in Moby Dick where uh, Ishmael talks about how big the vertebra of the whale are. Yes. This this one's up there. Oh yeah, that maybe that reminds me that it's maybe worth mentioning. Um, uh, uh. Shatsu, the whale god, is definitely not a sperm whale. Um, oh, yeah, there's this whole thing, right. It, it seems, like, based on a couple, like, sources online, it seems like probably Shatsu is supposed to be a Japanese right whale. Which... I mean, a Japanese right whale is what Japanese whaling hunted, so yes. that's that's what it would have to be. But it's explicitly twice as large as a normal whale uh, and far more dangerous. And the depictions of it like because this is a kaiju film we have like a big rubber whale that shows up in these scenes that looks great but yeah. also like weird and we only occasionally get like good views of the whale for obvious reasons but 
I personally think that Shotsu most resembles not just, like, a Japanese right whale, but specifically period-appropriate, like, paintings of the Japanese right whale, which really exaggerate the sort of upward bend of the lip. Mm. Uh, like, there's sort of, like, jowls on either side of the mouth that go up. Because Shotsu's face has this really weird, almost alien-looking, like, shape to it. And I think that's just because they've rendered monstrous the basic shape of the Japanese right whale's face. Yeah, I think that's basically correct. And then um, also, I'm pretty sure Shotsu doesn't have baleen, just based on what I what we see when we look in Shotsu's mouth. Yeah. Um, anyhow, uh, so, so <laughs> Shotsu Shots- rules, to be clear. Yeah, no, great whale. Amazing whale. <laughs> yeah, um, I want to quote a, uh, a kaiju wiki's description of Kujiragami was a wonderful ancient giant right whale that spent his days happily frolicking off the coast of Japan, at least until he was noticed by greedy whalers anyway. Which, I'm not surprised that a kaiju wiki always takes the side of the kaiju, but... (laughs) (sighs) Also... None of that is in this film. (laughs) Yeah, no, in this film, Shatsu is, if not absolutely malevolent, then at least... Like, a terrifying force that strikes whalers like a, like a thunderstorm. Uh, and we'll, we'll get more into that later as it becomes clear what some of the motivations of, say, the village elder are. But yeah. um, also, I, looking at this as well, I just want to point out that it gives, like, species, Eubelena japonica, type, natural, attributes, flukes, and marine. So I guess other kaiju that aren't marine sometimes have flukes? I believe that. I mean, I'll believe it, I just think it's very funny. It Anyways. is funny, yes. Uh, this makes me you think know, of... You it's, know, it's a stroke of luck. You might say, a fluke. <laughs> Wasn't there... Was it Villains Wiki that someone showed us a screenshot of that described Moby Dick and his powers? Uh... And it was such a bad article. They didn't even mention the teleportation. <laughs> okay, that's not good audio. Stop making that whining noise. Uh... <laughs> Anyways, now that you've reminded me of that horrible thing, let's get back to this good movie. Right, okay, so yeah, Shaki's walking along the beach. Uh, past whale skeleton. Past the whale skeleton. Um, and uh, he kind of, like, walks past that to where, like, the the whale is being processed. Yeah, there's there's a, you know, a hut or a large building that is, you know, there's a drum being beat to, like, time the motions as people are, like, stripping bones with, uh, with knives and... Uh, trying out uh you know oil and Mm -hmm. blubber in like pots and i just really appreciate it because it has the exact energy of moby dick you've got this moment of just like a schematic view of this here's some whale processing exactly and we briefly see that this whale processing is not a single gender gender occupation no the women are also involved in butchering the whale yeah yeah it seems to be yeah men and women of the village are are working on this yeah and they're clearly doing i think different jobs within the whaling hut but Mm, yeah they're uh, I'm using whaling hut because my general understanding is that the term used for like a building that you drag a whale into and process it around the world is a whaling hut, at least in English. So, yeah. But I, I don't mean that it's like a shoddy construction. It's clearly a nice big building. Yeah. Um, if I knew more about period Jap- Japanese architecture, I might be able to say whether the like big building that they meet in in later scenes is the same as the whale processing building because i think it might be because shaki goes through the whale processing building to get to the village elders like quarters right his office basically. yeah it was basically his office but it's very clearly like a private space for him yeah yeah and it has like much nicer like sliding doors and paper paneling than yes. uh than shaki's home which has very obviously like sort of 
tattered. Tattered look, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he walks past this will processing, and this is the second time, again, we still haven't learned her name, but this is the second time we see a kind of, like, focused on, and, and she kind of, I think she looks up at Shockey. Yeah, she's, she's working at the whale processing, and she yeah, looks she's up got, like, and a follows cleaver. him with her eyes. But yeah, no, she has a nice big cleaver, it's cool. Yeah. Um, so he walks past everyone processing the whales, uh, and he meets with the village elder, um, basically to talk about his future as a, as a whaler and as the one to kill the whale god. Yep, and therefore, hypothetically, uh, the village elder's son-in-law. Yeah. Um, and I believe the village elder, uh, basically is, like, spurring him on to face Shotsu. Yeah, he, and we should mention... Toyo is also present for this scene. She doesn't say anything for a while, but she is. Yeah, she, uh, the entire time that Shaki is there, she just sits there saying nothing and not looking at either of them. Yeah, just looking straight ahead. Uh, it's, it's so gothic. I keep saying this, but this movie is incredibly gothic in style. Like, not just in terms of, you know, some of the sort of, the gothic intense symbolism and grotesquery and the supernatural energies of Moby Dick, which is definitely present, but, like, this has marriage and complex emotional things and like i mean sexual assault and all of that side of the gothic the like social quagmire of close relationships and intense negative emotions of the gothic which is present in moby dick but not in like the way that involves the gender dynamics of the gothic yes yeah um and uh, this is a very gendery movie in some ways yeah there's at least compared to moby dick oh shit <laughs> well i mean moby dick is very gendery in one direction yes no but yeah no there are there are uh several important women in this uh, <laughs> yes and no aunt charity <laughs> no um so yeah uh yeah shocky basically you know just reaffirms <coughs> his plan to kill the whale and um you know the the Village Elder tells him to to train his body in preparation for when mm. the whale will appear. In about a year. In about yeah. a year, like yeah. There's, there's about a year to go before the um, the whale god is expected to return. So Shaki needs to go pump iron and train hard and, you know, do some 80s montages. <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah. Shaki... Do some 60s montages. <laughs> so, yeah, Shaki uh, agrees to that and leaves. And uh, then Toyo and her father have a conversation. I believe um, Toyo starts it by saying, I don't want to marry him. Yeah, she specifically says, I don't want to marry a spearfisher, which is yeah. basically saying, I don't want to make good on your deal. I don't want to marry anyone in this village. Yeah, she does not want to marry below her station. Like, it's, I think there's a very strong sort of classed element to yeah. what she's saying. Yeah, she says, like, she says things like, um, like, I forget the exact words that she uses, but she says something along the lines of, like, it's, uh, it's disgraceful. Or, like, it's uh, it's not respectable, or something like that. Yeah, she does not want to have to go through with what her father has laid out. She doesn't want to be a prize, I think yeah, she more or she less doesn't be. She, she doesn't want to be a prize. Um, but she also doesn't want to marry a, like, lower-class whale fisher. And her father, I mean, her father basically says... Don't worry, you won't. Nobody will kill Shotsu without dying themselves. Yeah, like, first what he says is, well, whoever kills the whale god will be the most honorable man in the village, but also, He'll be that dead. person won't survive. Yeah. So don't worry about it. And and her response is like, you're cruel. Yeah, you're just awful. This is much, that's even darker than what I thought was going on here. I thought you were being mean to me, but actually, this is so much worse. And his justification is that, 
Whalers throughout Japan fear the whale god, and, like, the honor of whaling is at stake. Yes, and not just fear the whale god, they're like, they don't go out when the whale god is in the water. Like, there's this sense that Japanese whaling is in danger, because this unstoppable whale is just slaughtering dozens of men whenever it shows up, and so, uh, in order for whaling, which he, you know, considers, if not his direct profession, then something he has, like, a kind of, uh, you know, dominion over, a kind of position within. And he himself did go out, used to go out whaling. His honor requires that Japanese whaling be honorable as a whole, be, like, alive and powerful. And it's a really different kind of energy from everything going on with Ahab. Yeah, but I will say that, like, uh, this this concern of, like, kind of whaling as a as a whole community yes that is something that's very present in moby dick it is but it's present in a really different way because i think the way i would describe it is that this is organically a community where everyone desires the destruction of the whale god like the obsession does not have only one source and his offer his you know his his doubloon his daughter nailed to the mast for the man <laughs> to cite Moby Dick. Uh, yeah, I know. No, you're not wrong, but go on. His his offer, which is in some ways closer to the uh, the 1956 offer of, like, my share in the voyage and so on, it's, it's massive. But it's also to sweeten the pot to an already existing desire for vengeance and desire yes. for glory that brings together this whaling community where, like, there's the sense that Wadawara is like the hope of Japanese whaling. People have come from all over. This is where, if anywhere, the whale god will be slain. And so this becomes the like crux of this community where everyone is maddened by this desire to destroy uh, the whale. Whereas in Moby Dick, Ahab sort of synthetically draws together via his oath, via the scene on the quarterdeck, via all his power and his cunning the whaling community, the isolados of the world, into a single organism, a single uh, synthetic community of the Pequod to face Moby Dick. There is no singular genius in, um, in the whale god. Instead, there's a whole community with a number of people who individually, like, are the maximum points of some different motivations going into this. You've got the village elder's obsession with honor and his need to see the whale god destroyed for Japanese whaling as a whole. You've and got to be clear, he explicitly says that he will see the whale god dead, even if it means the destruction of Wadaura. Yes. Um, which is interesting, I think, because for so many other characters, it seems as though they have to kill the whale god for Wadaura, right? Yes. Yeah, he is the one who's like, look, I am willing to sacrifice any number of my own men. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but also, I just want to say that this entire scene, the filmography, I, I don't know a ton about filmography, but I know when I like it. And the, like, images of Toyo who never faces her father during the entire conversation, obviously there are different historical and, you know, period appropriate and also, you know, contemporary uh, attitudes towards, you know, eye contact and, you know, how to have conversations in different cultures. So I'm sure there are things I'm missing, but the effect of it on film is that you have these incredible shots of, like, her facing away from him, him, so they're both facing the camera in different angles, he's in the background, and then next to her, cutting off part of the, uh, the frame, is this wooden panel with an image of whaling on it that's, like, finely carved of, like, men being slain and slaying a whale. Yeah. So the overall effect is 
just really intense it really brings together this image of like a a stiff noble de- uh, dedication to this task that is also deeply involved in this you know whale killing business yeah yeah um and uh <sighs> yeah so um that's pretty much the the end of that scene is her father uh saying he's fine with Essentially, everyone in this village dying, right? Yes. Like, that's what the destruction of Wadaura means, I think, on some Yeah, level. yeah, everyone in this village dying, or, like, everyone capable of hoisting a spear dying in the village drying up because, you know, the yeah. rest can't make... You know, its industry is whaling. The destruction of Wadaura, but the salvation of Japanese whaling's honor is completely acceptable to him. Yeah. So, you know, Shaki dying is, like, a complete non-issue. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh... Now, the next scene, um, Shaki meets up with A. Um, and we finally find out her name! Yes, and they meet up, like, on, on top of the rocks. Um, where it's, it's, yet again, quite striking. Yeah, so much important stuff happens. So much important stuff happens on those rocks at the, on the beach, and so much important stuff happens, like, directly at the edge of the water. Yeah. Like, like right on the sand and in the edge of the waves. Oh, there's this wonderful, like, shot of, like... I think it's the footprints of the whalers who went down to the beach starting to blow away and, like, mist or something moving across the surface of the water as uh, Shaki's mother is giving her, like, grim speech and declaration of vengeance uh, before she collapses on the sand. God, the—this movie definitely starts with just really intense, not super realist, but, like, really, like, hyper-intense, symbolic— imagery and framing for that first section establishing the stakes and then it becomes much more sort of i know i'm misusing the terms in in a film's context but like sort of social realist and naturalist for a lot of the stuff that happens over the year before shatsu comes back so when the whale god is present things are heightened yeah i think that's true um Although, you know, I think there are also plenty of scenes when there is a sort of heightened symbolic energy. I think that conversation between Toyo oh, and yeah, her no, father you're is right. one of them. But, but okay, so Shaki and A are meeting, and basically it, it turns out that they are, uh, you know, that they're together romantically in some way. Or, or that at least they are involved, and A is like, so it seems like you're trying to marry Toyo. I guess we're over. And he's like, no... I don't care about marrying Toyo. I only care about killing the whale god. Um, and yeah, it's, it's honestly a kind of sweet scene, but also he's swearing undying vengeance. She's like, but I want to marry you. Yeah, she she begs him to forget the whale god and marry her, but he won't do that. And no, no, it, not even a little. I think she is very conscious in this scene that if he kills the whale god, he will very likely die himself. Yeah, this, this idea that... Or even just attempting to kill the whale god as a novice whaler who has killed one whale, and whose grandfather, an experienced whaler, his father, an experienced whaler that we saw, like, whaling alongside the grandfather, and his older brother have all died doing this. I don't think it takes a genius to say what's going to happen. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, and and this is, this is kind of the moment when, if you've been uh, paying attention and recognize the actress, which... We struggled with the first time we watched the film. Paint- Recognizing actors is something I often struggle with in films. Like, yeah, I if mean, they don't say what the person's name is. Um, but anyway, she. Th- this is why she's been, like, looking on first when he swears to kill the whale, and then when he's going to meet with the elder, she's been watching him and thinking, like, all right, there he goes. 
Into the jaws of death. Or else into the jaws of marrying the rich girl. Yeah, yeah, it's like no matter what happens, she's she's out of the picture. Uh, but Shaki tells her that he loves her and then he like runs off. Yeah, yeah, no, Shaki's gotta go train, right? Yeah, no, he has to go train his body. Um, So she tries to follow him, uh, but instead of catching up with him... Uh, she encounters Kishu. By encounters, he basically jumps out at her. Yeah, and it seems like possibly Kishu was trying to find Shaki as well. Um, like, maybe he was gonna go fight him or something. I I think Kishu was following Shaki. Mm, like he wasn't trying to encounter Shaki, he was trying to, like... Spy on him. Mm. I, I think that it's possible he intended to, like, kill Shaki or something, because... Explicitly, he'd been told before that fight, Shockey's going to get the first try, and you're, you know, you're not even on the list. But he said, no, I will be the one to kill the whale god, and I don't care who claims to have, like, precedent. So he has an established reason to resent and hate Shockey. Yeah, I, it's, his intentions are not made clear, but I, I think we agree that he's not on the beach by coincidence. No. Um, anyway, uh... This is the scene of sexual assault. Uh, Kishu assaults A, and it's a... Uh, it's, it's a rape scene. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's meant it's, to be fucked it's up. It's intended to be fucked Like, it's gothic in a very direct way. It's, you know, terrible. It's yeah. very straightforwardly. A is a character that we've just, you know, learned her name. She's very sympathetic. And then immediately an awful thing happens to her with, like, no recourse and... In very classically gothic framing, it is literally like Shaki has just walked off screen. There's this sense of like, oh my god, you could have been there and then you weren't. Yeah, and in fact, uh, the the next thing that Shaki does is that he goes to, uh, I guess this is like this is like the inn or like like place where people hang yeah, out. Yeah, I'd, not I'd the say barracks, drinking house, and I'm reasonably certain it's in another town because of things that happen later. Okay, so anyway, the point is, Shaki is somewhere where people are kind of living it up. Yeah, um, yeah, there's and, a, well, proprietress? And, yeah, there's there's a woman there um, who describes herself as a whale widow, um, who is obviously, like, she, I mean, she's begging Shaki to kill the whale god so she can have sex with him. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah she's, she's like, she says that she'll, you know, have sex with whoever kills the whale god. And then she's like, hey, Shockey. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so Shockey is there. Yeah. She's also clearly like the the owner of the, the inn. And, you know, I it's it's very clear what her general social position is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So that's that's where Shockey is while uh, Kishu is assaulting A. And we actually go back and forth between these scenes. So it's like really underlined that Shockey is not there. Yes. And that... Yeah, no, this awful thing is happening, and meanwhile, Shaki is just, like, sitting down, drinking, various, you know, I think whalers, like, address him, but to some extent, he's just sort of, he's hanging out, and he's not carousing, he's yeah. not, like, he shakes living off, it up. He shakes off the woman's advances, you know, yeah. like, he, he's kind of, like, he, he doesn't really, like, he he's there, he's participating in this, like, social environment, but yeah, he's not really partying as much as everyone else seems yeah, to be. Yeah, he's got a train. Yeah, um, I thought that this was in Wadawra because I thought that people were celebrating the successful whale hunt. I think they were, but I think they were celebrating in another town. Because mm. we later, just to jump forward a bit, when he goes to meet someone at this same uh, drinking house later with the same proprietress... Okay, no, I really don't think so, because he had to ride a horse to get to where Yohei is wait, later. And I really thought they were the same proprietress. 
I don't think so. And and because she like recognized him. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. The 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 important point is, uh, Kishu shows up pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So wherever they are, it's in walking distance of that beach, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Kishu shows up and uh, decides to uh, you know, aggress at Shaki. Yeah, he's he's trying to get uh, Shaki into a fight to the point that he, like, when he can't, like, provoke Shaki by, like, I think he grabs his sake bowl and, like, yes. drinks it. Yeah, he just takes his drink right out of his hand. Yeah, and Shaki basically just ignores him. And so he grabs a harpoon off the wall, stabs it down in front of Shaki. It's a great shot because you like the gleaming harpoon oh, fill. You're skipping ahead a little oh, bit. Oh, am I? Because before that happens, Kishu goes outside and fights a different oh, guy. Oh, right! He fights the huge dude. Yeah, there, so like, what happens is the the first guy whom Shaki beat comes up and is Who like... Kishu beat. Yeah, Kishu beat, sorry. Yeah, the um the head whaler from Wadara. He, he shows up and he's like, hey, here's this other guy. He arrived here from this other whaling village recently. And he's part of the whaling community. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna kick your ass. And this ass guy's now. like tall, bearded, burly. He he looks like the kind of guy who can kick an ass. Yeah, and uh, they go outside, and uh, Kishu beats him up too. Yeah, it's a cool fight. There's like a rope involved. Yeah, I don't fully understand what they were doing with the rope, but it it was swinging fascinating. it. I mean, it looks great. Tangling people with it made for a great fight. But yeah, Kishu just he takes some lumps, but. The man is a monster. He just slams the guy around. He uh, uh, chokes he, him out. I think. Yeah, and and I mean the end of the fight is that uh, Kishu uh, kicks him in the balls several times. Oh yeah, no he he like chokes him out, punches him down, and then when the guy is reeling a bit, he yeah just nut shots him real hard. Yeah, like I think it's very clear that Kishu fights dirty. Yeah, Kishu fights dirty and Kishu wins. Yeah. Um, and now you know just. Comes back into the bar, like, bloody and bruised from having done that. Yeah. And then I think, like, I everyone is, like, threatened cowed. or, like, just directly, like, clobbered the guy who brought in the big guy. Um, I mean, I think the, I think what happens is, uh, he beats up the, the, the new champion. And then he kind of, like, uh, you know, makes as if to threaten. Um, yeah, the, he does the whole, like, holds up his fist real quick and the other guy cowers and he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, exactly. The one who Kishu already beat in a previous scene is uh, not willing to try to fight him again, nor yeah, is anyone else. Despite the fact that he's willing to, like, bring in a larger guy. <laughs> yeah, like it... <laughs> but it has failed. Kishu is just a physically terrifying person. Yeah, and so that's the point when he goes back in and he taunts... Shaki with this harpoon like he sticks it in the table in front of Shaki and and then he like backs off holds out his arms is basically like take your shot yeah and uh Shaki's response to this is he finally he's provoked enough to do something he does pick up the harpoon but he throws it over Kishu's shoulder into the wall yeah like um, and like towards something that's like vaguely target shaped so it's very clear it was an intentional miss yeah it's like clearly he he has the skill to harpoon Kishu in this moment, but he's not doing it, and he says, my only enemy is the whale god. Yeah, I gotta say, the grim, dramatic irony of this, where Kishu has just raped Ai. Yeah, like... And, you know, Shaki does not know this, so the idea that Kishu is not his enemy is just... I think we can say it's basically factually incorrect. Yeah, no, it's straight, like, Kishu has done everything to make him his enemy, and then 
for whatever bizarre fucking reason, is just like, here's a chance to literally instantly kill me with a giant metal spike. And frankly, nobody will care. Yeah. And Shocky doesn't take it because, I mean, Shocky doesn't know about that, and also Shocky is dedicated to fighting the whale god and not, you know, stabbing another whaler, even one who is obviously an asshole and not immediately obviously a monster. Yeah, I mean, I think that honestly, like, I... I the sense that I get of Shaki in these early scenes is that he completely means what he says when he says that he only cares about killing the whale god. Yeah, no, I think and that I, is a major part of his character. And I don't think that he really thinks about or understands the fact that other things that other people want, and even things that he wants other than that specific thing, like he wants to marry A, he says yeah, he yeah. loves her, but like he is not interested in reconciling the idea of killing the whale god with the idea of marrying A. Yeah, no, he's just like, look, if I survive, I guess I'll marry you, probably. I mean, I guess I'll have to marry Toyo, but none of that matters. All yeah. that matters is killing the whale god. Yeah, he, he is not going to think about what happens after that. He's not even really going to think about what happens before. Um, yeah. Um, so, Whew. yeah, that's... Shocky's uh, a, Shocky's a fascinating character. Honestly, I really like the, like, wild gothic character portraits of, like, basically every major character. Yeah. Like, Shaki, Toyo, A, Kishu, and the village elder are all, like, fascinating, weird figures. Yeah. So, that summer, Shaki trains his body by uh, diving off one of the rocks and, like, swimming in the yeah. ocean. I gotta say, the I've, I've never actually seen, like, shots of someone swimming in black and white, and this is a really, like, intense monochrome. Yeah. And he, it just looks so cool. Yeah, the the, the, the scene of him swimming is, is like, visually fascinating. Um, and uh, as he's swimming, he encounters Toyo. Also swimming. Yeah. You she... know, like you do, you just wave at each other underwater and don't say anything. No, they, they like... They kind of play with each other. Yeah, like dolphins. Yeah, they just sort of swim near each other. It's... It is like a, it's definitely a scene with a lot of like sexual tension or not even yeah, sexual yeah. tension. It, it's a, it's a scene of a kind of like, I guess a sensual interaction between yeah, them. Yeah, there's, there's an erotic charge to it, but it's not like anything specific. What it reminded me of, which is in slightly a pathetic way, is like, you know, old Hollywood synchronized swimming numbers, which clearly have like a sexual quality, but a lot of the fun of it is just a bunch of people swimming. Yeah, definitely part of what's going on here it's is... It's playful. Obviously, she's, like, dressed down much more than normal. Like, yes. she's she's wearing kind of like a like a simple, like, white dress thing, and it's probably... I would imagine it's, like, whatever... It's definitely she, underclothes. Yeah, it's like... Because we later see, um... When we later see A, like, undressed to sleep, that's what she undresses down to before getting into bed. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um... And A watches this despondently. Oh, yeah, no, from she's... The God, those gothic cliffs. Yeah, I mean, you know... She's just having... Uh, like, a. what's happening here is, you know, A is watching this and being like, oh, all right, maybe he is in love with her. Maybe he does want to marry her. Maybe the logical consequence of all the decisions he's making is actually going to take place. Yeah, and also there has to be an element of A being like, well, my life is over, and also... He's in love with her, so I guess I'll just go hang off at the edge of the village, sadly. Yeah. Because she, I think she just leaves without saying anything to either of them. No, she, I don't think either of them know that she's no, there. No, absolutely not. It's, 
the maximally gothic scenario, which is her watching them and then leaving without either of them realizing it. Yes. Um, but, uh... I, I need to budget how many times I get to say gothic in this episode. Yeah, I think you've already used them all up, man. <laughs> like, you're not wrong, but... Is this a new Gnostic? Look, when something is this obviously gothic, I'm gonna call it gothic. When something is that obviously Gnostic, I'm gonna call it Gnostic. Sure. I don't see a reason to, you know, walk on eggshells around the G words. <laughs> okay. So, uh, then, um, Yuki, Shaki's younger sister, shows up and, like, calls him away from swimming because their mother is dying. Um, so, uh... Shaki goes back to the house, and... His mother uh, is dying. Yeah, he listens to her, sort of her dying words, in which, um, she... First, she urges him to go talk to Yohei, who... We have no idea who that is at this point. Yeah, yeah but just she, a name. She just says, go ask Yohei how to kill the whale god. Um, and her, her sort of, like, last words are that it... Human beings live until they die, and, and that that's what Shaki should do. I think what she specifically says is, it is enough for a human to live until they die. Yes. And, like, that, that idea of it is enough to live until they die um, really seems to be, it's part of her urging him on to face the whale god. Yeah, it, it seems to me that she's kind of expressing on some sense, like, it doesn't matter if you live a long life. You'll just die when you die, and you should live up until then. Yes, and and that will be enough. Like, whatever length of life you have, a long life or a short life, it's still a lifetime. Yeah. And uh, A approaches the house but does not go in. Oh. I know. Yeah. Um. <sighs> and uh, then um, in the winter, Kasuke returns. I think it's like early winter. Yeah, um, it's we see some really like ratly scrubs but there's no like snow or anything yeah and there's a later scene with a lot of snow so yeah so anyways later in the year kasuke comes back and he's heard that shaki's mother has died it seems like probably that's why he's come back to the village because it yeah. doesn't seem that it's been a whole year yet yeah um and uh shaki says that he has not left home since his mother died and he begs kasuke to take yuki away yeah yeah no Shaki's just like Presumably he's still training, but he's basically just in the house, mourning and preparing to face the whale god. Yeah, I think there's a sense that, like, the the enormity of, like, the pall of death that hangs over this village has finally... Shaki has finally comprehended that, and he's finally understood why Kasuke might want to leave. Yeah, yeah, um... Um, I also think there's a certain sense in which, like, he is now the bearer of his family's entire sort of oath of vengeance, and it's hard. He's he's inherited his mother's share of that as well, and his mother was, like, clearly, like, kind of prematurely aged, or at least intensely aged. Yeah. Um, and you know, died sort of suddenly and unexpectedly, and there was nothing anyone could do, and I think there's a sense in which he's sort of reckoning with that and going, okay, it's fine if Yuki doesn't stay in the whaling village and continue to whale because it all has to culminate in me. And I think also there's a certain way in which he is trying to kind of, like, or at least possibly what he's doing here is trying to, like, 
end his connections to the world, mm. you know? Like, if he were to die fighting the whale god and Yuki were still here... She would be isolated and without uh, family support, yeah. Exactly. So he's trying to kind of shuffle Yuki off somewhere so that mm. he can go die and he won't be, like, leaving her alone. Yeah, um, I, I think there's an element of that, definitely. Um, but yeah, and basically, Kosuke and Yuki go. Yeah. Um, and uh, then uh, there's a, a a scene of like a like a folk song and a dance um, that yeah, everyone basically... I think it's pretty clearly um, at least somewhat religious since it's, there's like, uh, you know, um, paper seals everywhere. There's little uh, oh, zigzag yeah. seals. Yeah, it's, and it's in like one of the major buildings. Yeah, and it, it's uh, it's all done like kind of in front of uh, the village elder and Toyo. Yeah, um, and uh, they have pride of place. Yes, and and this is uh, basically this heralds the beginning of the season when the whale god will appear again. Yes. Um, and doesn't Shaki like sort of wander off from it? Yeah, he leaves this and he goes to visit his family grave. Which is like on the shore, kind of on a dune overlooking God, the God, I gotta say, that graveyard is amazing and also looks like a Dark Souls location. <laughs> like, there's the, or, or Bloodborne, there's these like, all these crosses and it's yeah. a very Christian cemetery. Yeah, everyone, it seems like everyone is buried with, with a cross grave marker. So I think yeah. that's one piece of evidence suggesting that in some sense the whole town is Christian. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it, it should be noted that there's a... Uh, my understanding of sort of, you know, contemporary post-war Japanese religious practices is that there's often a sense of, like, different religious traditions are good for different, uh, like, ritual purposes, mm. and that this might be, like, a regional thing. So it's possible that in this village, Christianity is specifically associated with burial, uh, after-death kind of stuff, whereas whaling is clearly associated with these folk traditions and, you know, local traditional religion. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's very interesting, actually, that what Shaki does in this moment is he goes to this family grave, which is marked with a cross, and he kneels in front of it and clasps his hands as if, you know, in Christian prayer. Uh, but God, when, that's the most Ishmael sentence. As if in Christian prayer. Oh, yeah, no. I, <laughs> I swear he said it in those words at uh -huh. some point about someone clasping hands, and I just felt I should own you about it. Uh, all right, I'm duly owned. But yes, anyway, he's, but, he's but, clasped his hands as if in Christian prayer. But what he's doing is asking his his dead relatives for strength to fight the whale god. Um, so it is this, like, fascinating, you know, not to say that... Uh, kind of asking your dead relatives to watch over you is something Christians, like European never Christians, yeah, never do. Yeah. Certainly they do do that. Uh, but I, I think it's an interesting moment in terms of, like, what the kind of cultural crux this village is at. Yeah. Is. Um, and uh, he, you know, um, he, he, he has that moment, and then he runs along the beach. Like, he just runs. It's, it's honestly yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, he just takes off running. Um, and... He encounters A, who is lying in like a little sort of thatch shack. hut building. Yeah. This this genuinely is like yeah, this is a shack. This seems like a pretty rundown little building. Yeah, it does it's outside the village, it's like in the dunes, it's like barely half the height of a person. It's directly in the water. She's lying half in the water. Well, she's is, half in the water? Yeah. That was not oh wow, yeah. Just like she was when she was assaulted. She's like lying half in the water. Ooh. And she is going into labor. Ooh. Um and Shaki is like 
Surprised and appalled. And he asks her if there's anything he can do. And her response is, get some hot water and don't tell my father or anyone else about this. And uh, he kind of like, he runs off and he stops and looks back at her for a second. And then he runs off. And, And like, it's this, I mean, it was, when I was watching the film, I was very tense because I was afraid that he was going to you know, be angry at her, yeah, right? That yeah. he was going to have some kind of... Negative emotional response that would hurt her. Yeah, but but his reactions in this moment really are just like, he is horrified by what she's experiencing and he wants to help her and there's almost nothing he can do yeah. to help her in yeah. this moment. Um, so... That yeah. happens. Yeah, and then... A child is born. Yeah, and uh, we, we get to see this really cute little baby. Yeah. Um, the next, I guess probably like the next day or later that day at A's house, um, where like she and her mother are both kind of like working. It's not totally clear to me what they're doing, but... I think they might be thatching. Yeah, well, I think her mother is thatching and I think A is like shelling clams. Yeah, there's, there's various like... Things you need to do in a fishing village in order to continue being alive going yeah. on. Um, and and A and her mother, labor. A and her mother's household house seems to be even more run down than Shockey's. It's definitely smaller and less like sophisticated. It's barely larger than that hut she was near. Yeah, and uh, Shockey comes by there, and um, this is where we learn what he did, right? Yeah. So so A asks him. Why did you tell everyone you were the baby's father? Like, this is going to disgrace you. You can't marry Toyo now. I thought you wanted to kill the whale god. Um, and he, he says, I, I don't care about Toyo. Uh, I don't care about, like, this disgracing me. I only care about killing the whale god. Which in this moment has, like, been transmuted. Like, before when he yeah, said, yeah. I only care about killing the whale god, that sort of implicitly meant... He didn't care about A. Yeah, like, he, he said, I love you, but it, it was kind of like, well, you're not recognizing that you There's can't... There's incompatibility. Yeah, you can't do both. And he has, in some sense, resolved that. I mean, I don't think he's resolved. Well, resolved that. is not quite the word, but he has created... His total, his total apathy towards anything that is not killing the whale god and the fact that he's a basically decent person have aligned. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that... I think that him telling everyone that he's the baby's father is a moment of him caring about something that is not killing the whale god. It is, but he's also expressing it's because he doesn't care about his personal social well-being or his, like, success in the future that he has totally inured to the possibility of his own destruction because all that he cares about is killing the whale god, so his, like, social death doesn't matter. Yeah. And, uh, they, uh, they get ready for bed. Um, they're gonna, like, lie down and sleep next to each other. Um, her, her mother kind of, like, goes to bed, giving them, like, a modicum of privacy, but yeah. they're still in the same one-room house. Yeah, small fishing village. Yeah, but anyhow, um, so they, they, they get ready for bed, and they lie down next to each other, and A explains to him, uh, that she was raped, and that she tried to abort her pregnancy by very upsetting means. Oh, yeah. She like, says she hit her belly with rocks and, like, jumped off cliffs into cold water. Yeah, and, like, she did everything she could to 
yeah, induce a miscarriage. Um, but it didn't work. And, uh, you know, Shaki's response is like, well, it's not the baby's fault. And like, this baby is my family now. If the whale god kills me, this baby will take revenge. Yeah, god, I love that bit where he's like, no, no, this, look, your child is my son now, and that's all that matters to me. And if I die killing the, trying to kill the whale god, and the whale god yet lives, this baby will be as consumed with vengeance as I am. And that... my family, my family's vengeance train is assured. <sighs> yeah, and this upsets A, and she's like, "Oh, for like is... good fucking reason." Yeah, is that the? She asks, "Is that the only reason why you wanted this baby?" Um, or, or are you only willing to marry me because you know you're going to die soon, and so it doesn't matter to you? And, you know, uh, he insists that he loves her, um, and, uh, they, they embrace, and I think... Implicitly they have sex. Yeah, they have sex. Um, she's crying. Uh. Yeah. For, like, honestly a dozen reasons, I guess. Yeah, and, and afterwards (sighs) he's, he has tears in his eyes, too. Yeah, like, this is clearly... There's a lot going on here, and... She begs him not to die and leave her, and he says nothing in response to that. Uh, like, here's the thing. I... So during the... During watching this movie, I was often going, so, hmm, is he the Ahab? Well, they're all the Ahab. Is he the Starbuck? And this is the moment where I'm like, oh, they're all different kinds of Ahab. Yeah. Like, because this is... If he were Starbuck, this is the thing that would, like, change his motivations and turn his hand aside. But this entire community is obsessed with this vengeance, and he is full of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. It's a lot. It really is. Um. It's it's heartbreaking. (laughs) Yeah, it's heartbreaking, and it really is, like, the definition of this kind of, like intense social naturalism like this is this is Zola's Germinal this is that kind of story where like working class people have these like awful complicated lives that involve a bunch of like you know death by illness and rape and you know children in like complicated circumstances of wedlock and it's you know it's it's a it's a working class gothic in a lot of ways yeah uh, and the next day, uh, Shaki goes to meet with the village elder again, um, basically to talk about the whole all, thing, all of this, uh, and, uh, you know, the elder is like, I thought you wanted to marry Toya. Don't yeah. you want to kill the whale god? Yeah. You're still it, going to kill the whale god, right? Yeah. And, and, and Shaki is like, yes, I, I am the father of A's child. I know I can't marry Toyo. I'm still going to kill the whale god. Um, and, and this uh, is like clearly very satisfying to uh to uh the village elder yeah he's basically like all right i accept this although he does say he basically says i accept that get out so like he's not really interested in you know the sort of social connection he was cultivating with shocky because i think he does feel slighted by this yes like i i definitely think that this is in some sense, like an insult. And um, also on some level, it's just, it's going against the very social order that, like, drives the village elder's entire, like, character and purpose. Yes. Uh, and Kishu watches all of this through the wall. Yeah. And, um, doesn't, as Shaki's leaving, like, Toyo just walks past him? Yes. Uh, the, so, um, yeah, as, as... Shaki walks out of like the the office or the whatever the the quarters. Um, 
he passes Toyo, who, again, like, this is one of those moments where she just, like, stands with, like, perfectly erect posture and doesn't say anything and walks past him. God, she's so intense. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Shaki and A have their son baptized. Uh, yeah. In the little church that the priest has. Yep. There's um, a baptism. We see a baptism. Yeah. And, uh. Kishu also watches this. Yeah, Kishu's clearly, like, following Shaki around after... And, like, specifically, it's interesting, because he followed Shaki earlier, uh, assaulted A, then challenged Shaki and, like, had that whole thing. We haven't seen them interact since. Yeah. And it's been nine months, sort of definitionally. Yes. And there's no sense that the two of them have had any contact since then. But now that he's claimed to be the... That Shaki is claimed to be the father of A's child... Kishu's following him around. Yes. And uh, and when Shaki and A come out of the church with their baby... Um, Kishu's there. Yeah. And Shaki is like, Kishu, look at my son. Isn't he cute? Don't you want babies? I mean, he doesn't quite say that, does he? He literally says, look how cute my son is. Or yes, something but he doesn't say, don't you want a son? No, he says that. Oh, does yeah, he? Yeah, he asks Kishu, like, to, like Kishu, I think it's kind of... I don't remember the exact details, but he definitely asks Kishu... Don't you want children? Yeah. Um, don't you want, like, to have a family? And I think it might even be, like, Shaki is, like, showing him the baby and, like, trying to get him to see how cute the baby is. And Kishu's kind of, like, not Kishu responding is, to that. Kishu's having a moment. Like, yeah. He's, 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 Kishu's not being bellicose or aggressive. He's, in fact, being, like, kind of respectful of Shaki in this scene. And also, A is there just staring daggers. Right. And, and, and yeah. And Kishu cannot look her in the eye. Yeah, and, and it seems like Shaki's, like, perspective on this is like, oh, Kishu doesn't think this baby is cute. And he's like, D- don't you want children? Don't you think babies are cute? <laughs> and uh, Kishu is like, a whaler doesn't need children. And he kind of, like, I think he actually off. basically says a whaler shouldn't have children. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and he leaves. Um... And then Toyo appears and tells Shaki they need to talk. So they go to stand on the rocky cliffs. God, yes. Both silhouetted against the sky and, oh God, Toyo standing on rock against ocean or against other rock just being like this figure has, because she's wearing this like formal kimono with the, uh, the knot, you know, the, the bow in the back and she's standing so incredibly straight and not looking at anyone and has this like incredibly regal look and just like the longest neck a human has ever had <laughs> she does have a pretty long i mean neck. i'm sure it's also that like her posture and her garb are all designed to make her just incredibly upright and long as a person yes. but yes and she's just like oh so you don't want to marry me yes she she says that she takes his marriage to a as a as a personal insult yes um and and uh he says he, his sort of defense is well i might die when i kill the whale god um, and she's like, okay, so then why did you marry A? And he doesn't have any response to that. Yeah. Um, I think he actually, like, asks her if she loves him. Yeah, he asks her, uh, I think that might be later on, actually. Huh. I think the, do you love me? And she says no, and he's like, why do you want to marry me? I think that's mm, much Yeah, but she, I think she says that she doesn't love him in this scene, though. Mm. Like, I'm relatively well, certain- Well, what she does say is, I hate you, and then okay, she Okay, yes, I may have brought- end- at the end of the scene, she says, I hate you, and then she leaves. Yes, okay, so that's what I was thinking, is that she just she just declares, I hate you, gone. Yeah. Uh, and just, oh, uh, God. 
Those rocks are so picturesque and intense, and people standing on them against the water is just great. Every scene like that, I was just loving it. Yeah. Uh, and so now, Shaki gets on a horse, and he rides to, like, a nearby village. Um, and this, I, I really think this is a different place. I thought it had, like, the same decor of waves. I... So, I can totally believe that it is the same set. Mm. It's just that... Clearly, Shaki and Kishu were able to walk from the beach near Wadaura to... Mm, no, no, I think you're right about the water. I just, I guess what this means is that there's two possibly same actress, or possibly she's meant to have moved to another village, but, like, I don't know the specific dynamics of, like, a whale widow who holds a drinking house, has, like, runs a drinking house in a, like, small town in Japan, right? But... Anyways, I'm relatively certain it's the same uh, actress. I, I believe you. I didn't take close notice of this. Yeah. Um, anyways, anyways, so Shaki gets to this, uh, you know, this other place and uh, he... It's clearly also a fishing village. Yes. And, and he finds this, like, sad, Well, it's the same up... bearded old man that was dragged off shouting about how the whale of God is coming in, like, one of the earliest scenes. Exactly. It's that guy... He has a very memorable beard. Yes. And he's 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 just, like... He's clearly, like, drunk. Um, well, I'd or... say he's just broken down. He has been destroyed by life. He has some of yeah. the energy of Elijah from Moby Dick. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what he says is, oh, you've come to drag me back to Adaura. I I won't go. I, I think the thing that really stuck with me is he was like, I'd rather eat, like, rotten fish and drink fishermen's, like, dregs of their sake, then go back to Adaura and face the whale god. Yeah, he, he is, like, a... He's destitute. He's a beggar, and he'd rather live that way than have to face yeah. the whale god. He's, he's like, eating the leftovers and drinking the dregs after everyone else has left this drinking house. Yeah, and he's, like, the... Like, everyone in Wadaura has, has been maddened by the whale god. Like, it's crazy to try to fight that thing. And uh, Shaki is like, well, my mother passed away and she told me to come talk to you about killing the whale god. And he says, yeah, she was crazy too. Yeah, you're, you're all crazy with this desire to kill the whale god. You're not going, like, you're not, you're not going to succeed. It's not worth it. Being a whaler isn't worth it. My life here is still better than my life in Wadaura because at least here I'm free from that. Yeah, and... Uh, it's such a good scene. I love it so much. Yeah, and Shaki, like begs him because you know his mother told him like go ask that man for advice so he begs him to, to yeah and like... he basically begs him on like you know my family knew you you're you know close to us you know can't you you know can't you tell me what you do know and eventually yohei is like moved to like and he's clearly like against his better judgment and he's like ah no there and what he says is there is no secret yeah he's he's basically like the only advice i can give you is that in order to kill the whale god, you have to just hang on to it, and if it dives, you'll die. Or not even you'll die. If it dives, you have to hold on. You have to go with it. You can't do anything but hang on and try to kill it and hope you succeed. And just, I love the way he delivers, there is no secret. You know, obviously it's it's subbed, so... Um, but the the emotion that comes through and the way he does it is just like it's been torn out of him and it's a revelation there is no secret way to safely kill the whale god there is no weakness there is no you know um there is nothing but simply wailing and the fact that generations have been destroyed 
is not because they didn't know some trick. It's just that the whale god is a monster. Yes. And Shaki takes that knowledge and goes back to Wadawra. Yep. And uh, in Wadawra, a telegram arrives, uh, which is... It, 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 it is... Uh, it is a fantastic scene. Yeah, everyone is extremely, like, excited by the receipt of this telegram. Like, yes. someone runs in with the letters, like, I think, like, rides in with the letter. Yeah, some, from someone larger, rides in with a horse, uh, on a horse with the telegram. Presumably and, from, like, the town that has a telegram nearby. Yeah, and they kind of, it seems like they're kind of taking it to the priest, but then they eventually, what they end up doing with it is uh, taking it to the village elder. Yeah, um, I, I think there was the idea that it might be for the priest, because, you know, he's a European missionary, he might be getting a telegram. Yeah. But... It's, you know, it's like, no, no, it's for the, it's for the village elder. And like, they all, you know, you know, crowd around the guy carrying the letter. He delivers it to the elder who opens it up. And? Yeah, it turns out that it is from a, like, a, some sort of like relatively nearby whaling community. It's, I forgot the name of the place, but it's the name of place Whalers Association has sent this telegram. Uh, basically announcing that the whale god has been sighted. Yes, the and, whale god is back in the hunting waters, is traveling close to the shore. Yeah, and so the the elder says that, all right, um, no one can take their fishing boats out uh, until when until the lookouts spot the whale god, which yeah. will happen tomorrow. They don't want to be able to, they don't want it to be possible for the whale god to pass while they're exhausted or unable to send out all the boats or for the boats to miss the whale god. No, everything shuts down. It's exact. it's really exactly like Ahab's declaration that we will do nothing but hunt Moby Dick in that final period. Yes. And so it would be really fascinating to chart some of the highs and lows of the drama between uh, the seasons and the travel to the season on the line in the book. Mm. I don't think we're going to do that just because that seems like a, a bunch of effort. But yeah, but I just think it's interesting that both of them have this sort of passage of a year to get to the point where the whale can be faced. Yes. Um, this is also the point where we learned that uh, Shatsu, the whale god, has a distinctive forked spout. Uh, so, like, the, the, elder, the elder specifies, like, we'll send the boats out when the lookouts see that forked spout and are certain that it's not just two whales near each other, but that yeah. it is that particular spout. And that's another element that's very straightforwardly for Moby Dick, because uh, Moby Dick has a very unique spout. He fantails all bushy, as, as Ahab put it. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, in this case, it's a, it's a very clear forked spout. Yes. And uh, Shaki visits his family grave again. Um, but he only gets so far as, like, invoking his relatives, uh, when Kishu interrupts him. Yes. Um. One thing I feel should be mentioned, just because I think it's relevant to the, the era of cinema, is that Kishu always wears, like, even when he's wearing basically just, like, you know, shorts and, a and, like, like, very little, he's mostly, um, naked, and especially from the waist up, he always wears solid black. Mm. While Shaki wears more, like, neutral or lighter colors. Yeah, I think that's true. Um. So, uh, Kishu tries to dissuade Shaki from hunting the whale god. He tells him he has a wife and child to live for, um, and he demands to go first. Yes. Um, and, uh, also he says that only a murderer like himself can kill the whale god. Yeah, so this is where, I think the implication is the reason he was a drifter and showed up is that he was a fugitive. Yeah. He had been a murderer, and he sort of, like, rolled up here. He's... You know, uh, generally, um, 
insisting that, you know, you need to let me go first. You have, you know, a wife and child. You can't marry Toyo. It's pointless for you to try to kill the whale god. And Shaki obviously says, I'm going to kill the whale god. All I care about is fighting the whale god. Yeah, and he also, by the way, Kishu at this point also says that his intention, once he kills the whale god, is uh, that he's going to, like, sell Toyo to a bordello. Yes, he specifically says that he's going to sell her to a brothel because, you know, he doesn't really, um, you know, once he's had his fun with her, I think he says. Yeah, Like, yeah. he doesn't plan to stay and be, like, the village elder or anything. He's just going to take advantage of her. And, uh, amazing set of lines. Shaki says, you're pure evil. And Kishu says, finally, you understand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely incredible exchange. Only someone as evil as I am can kill the whale god. Yeah. And, like, uh, he's very explicitly saying, I am evil, therefore I can do this. Yes. And uh, they fight. Well, specifically, Shaki says, no, I'm going to fight the whale god. And Kishu basically says, I'm going to knock you out. Yeah. You're not going to be... You're not going to be capable of moving when the whale god shows up. I'm going to be the one to kill it. And and it's this amazing moment because there's like this weird, almost sentimental feeling to Kishu where he's not like, I'm going to beat you up because I like I'm contemptuous of you. It's I need you need to survive. I need to risk my life to kill the whale god, but also I want all the glory and stuff from this, so I'm gonna force you to sit your ass down. Yeah. And and uh they have this fight is incredible. Because it goes on for so long. It's a long fight, and also they they move from like the edge of the shore and into, the graveyard. Yeah, and the graveyard into like kind of a like a trickle of water, like a little like a stream, creek, a creek leading down to the uh, ocean. It's one of those creeks that's going through sand dunes that has these very steep, collapsed sides of sand. Yeah, and they're fighting in that. They're like rolling around on the ground, fighting in the in that water, and eventually they end up like fighting in the shallows. Yeah, like, in the surf. Yeah, to the point that like actually at, by the end of the fight, they're both pretty much immersed in the water. Yes, and, and they Kishu are... is trying to hold Shaki underwater and yeah. effectively just like knock him out by drowning. Yeah, I mean, I sort of assumed that he was... I don't think it's clear in this scene whether he's trying to actually drown him to death or whether he's trying to knock him out and leave him on the beach. I... I definitely assumed as I was watching it that he was straight up trying to murder Shaki. Yeah, I think that's fair. However, we can talk about that later when we get to the end yeah, of the yeah, film yeah. and Shaki's perspective on all this. Yeah, but uh, Shaki manages to, like, knock the grip away, pull out of that, and, you know, clobber Kishu a number of times, and the two of them just collapse together, like, sort of limply attacking each other in, like, while on their hands and knees in the shallows. Yeah, they just both fall right at the edge of the water. Again, so much stuff happens right at the edge of the water in this film. Yeah. Um, and, like, they're just both completely exhausted and can't fight anymore. So, you know, then I think Kishu says, I think it's Kishu who says this, we'll settle this tomorrow on the sea. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kishu's the one who calls it off because otherwise they're not going to be able to hunt the whale. Yes. Uh, the next day, um... Everyone assembles, and uh, they... they uh, There's some really, like, solemn moments of waiting. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, they they perform, like, a song and dance again. Yeah, there's a an extended, and, like, there's harpoons being twirled. It's clearly like a whaler's uh, dance. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, they launch the boats. Well, specifically, the whale is sighted, and then they launch the boats. Uh, yes. Yeah, we the, see the, the forked, forked spout. spout. Yes, it's yes, a nice yes. effect. 
they ring the bell, everyone is called to the thing, and this time the village elder goes out with them. Yes, yeah, he said, like, the way the, the way that he put it in that early scene where he makes the promise really made it sound like he was not going to be on the boats, but he's on the boat. He's, at, he's like, at the front of the yeah, head he's, boat. Yeah, he's directing the action, but I know he doesn't either launch the harpoon or I think the thing when he says on the front lines or what gets subbed as on the front lines in the initial speech is he means he's not going to try to clamber onto the whale and kill it the way a whale needs to be finished off in this style of whaling. Yeah, yeah. So he, What's he, called wringing their snout, which is... Like, frankly, I think that spout might be a more communicative translation. Snout is probably, like, the direct translation of the, the concept for the anatomy, but they're going to the whale's spout and blowhole and ringing it. We'll describe it when we get there, but it's a specific thing he's trying to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they, they, they go out in the boats, and um, uh, the village elder is actually doing here more or less the thing that we saw... Shaki's grandfather doing in the first mm-hmm. scene, which is, like, directing the boats where to go. Yeah, um, he's also wearing a, like, he's wearing a, like, military helmet. I think probably a late 19th century helmet. Like, it's got a strap and it's got these, like, European style of, like, bucket helmet from that era. Like, kind of a World War One looking helmet. Mm. Uh, it's possible it's an early 20th century helmet. Um, which I think is a really interesting little detail that he's potentially seen some kind of, uh, you know, modern uh, Japanese military service uh, Mm. post, uh, you know, opening something like the Russo-Japanese War or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't really know. Yeah, this is one of those places where we mentioned before, it's like, oh, there are probably cues in this that would tell a a Japanese audience, like, exactly when this is happening historically. I'm sure that hat is one of them. Or helmet. I shouldn't call it a hat. It's a helmet. (laughs) Anyway, um, so, uh, the, the women of the village watch from the shore, including A, carrying the baby, and Toyo, um, and, uh, yeah, they, they give chase, uh, they make fast, um, Yeah, there's some good harpooning action. Yeah, what, one thing that, there doesn't seem to be in this whaling, or at least there wasn't, like, laid out clearly, a strong distinction between harpooning and spearing the way that there was in Moby Yeah, Dick. it feels like... So, first of all, you have, like, half the crew on the boat are harpooners, and they're also using these sea oars that are really different in usage than a European oar. They don't rise out of the water. They get sort of... Uh, like when you do a dolphin kick or, like, a fish tail, they get swung back and forth while still in the water. It's frankly very cool to watch. And so you have a number of oarsmen, and they just stay rowing, and then a bunch of uh, harpooners come up and throw the harpoons together. So there's like, and they don't have a windlass. We see when the um, when the harpoons are fast and the whale is dragging the boats, there's no windlass. The, yeah, uh, the way that they haul in on the line is is just by everyone hauling with their hands and kind of bracing it against their shoulders. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, impressive. Yeah. Second of all, you can see that Kishu is, like, holding every coil of the line himself, and no one else on his boat is holding it, while, you know, uh, Shaki is holding it with other sailors, like a reasonable person. <laughs> yes, and um, someone, one person is knocked overboard by the line, uh, so that's, you know, our first casualty. Um, at least the way it's framed, it seems like that guy is just gone. Yeah, um, yeah. generally speaking, when people have gone off boats in this movie, it means they're dead. Yeah. They haul in uh, close enough um, that... But not quite close enough. 
Right. Close enough to dart more harpoons to, like, attack the whale, but not close enough to do the thing that they do. The coup de grace. Yeah, the, the, the killing blow, which involves actually swimming up to and climbing on the whale. Yes, so this is someplace where... Weirdly, the 1956 Moby Dick introducing this idea that Ahab, like, gets up on the whale and starts stabbing it is kind of identical with or directly related to, uh, or is like, a, is a standard kind of whaling here, where the whalers finally, someone swims up onto the whale and does the final killing. So it's not like anyone can kill the whale. There's one person is going to finish it off. And... I guess I'll explain the um, the technique of it now, which is when they've been talking about wringing his snout, what it turns out that means is getting up onto the whale and with a long knife cutting out the blowhole, more or less. And I think that's to cut away, and I'll bet we could look this up. I didn't, but I, we should have. I My guess, based on my knowledge of whale anatomy from Moby Dick, mm-hmm. is that they're trying to cut out the muscular sphincter that cinches shut the blowhole when the whale is diving and the and which can keep fluids out of the whale's lungs mm. so that the blood and water will go into the whale's lung and kill it fascinating like this is you know because when blood goes into its lungs it spouts black blood and dies that's the death blow of the whale yes um because of this massive internal bleeding and i think that ringing the um ringing the snout will have the same basic effect on the whale's anatomy and kill it. So that's the kind of death blow. It's not using a lance to strike the life spot of the whale. Yeah, I I, I think that's true. Um, I'm trying to do a little bit of uh, quick... Ad hoc research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm not finding anything... Unfortunately, I think the details of, like, what precise uh methods of whale killing were used in japan in the 19th century that that is that's maybe a little bit more effort than i'm able to do yeah, while I'll, we're talking on the podcast i'll bet it is mostly in japanese because yes that's you know, also probably true it's a it's um, a whole archive that would not be accessible to us but in any case that's my theory for what it is but that's clearly the killing blow it's treated as the only way to actually kill the whale is to wring his snout and to do so, you need to climb up onto the whale. So now we understand why you need to get on the whale and hang on even if he dives. And also this makes it very clear why there's this sense of, like, one guy is going to be the first one to take on the whale. Like, yes, everyone else has been hurling their harpoons. It's not that only one person gets first shot and then if you fail to hit the life spot, that's the end. It's that one man gets to climb up onto the whale's back and try to stab him to death yeah. by hand. So, um, yeah, so they, they, they come in close enough that the elder, uh, sort of calls for the attack and people throw a bunch of harpoons yeah, at the this point to being... attack it rather than to make fast, yeah. right? They've also, uh, tangled the whale in a net. Um, yes. early on they, like, put out nets, so, um, I believe that the steps involved are you use a net to slow down the whale, you throw harpoons into him, uh, you're, you fasten on with that so you can get close enough to throw more harpoons in, and now weakened, someone climbs up on the whale to ring his snout. Yeah, but before that happens, the whale does destroy some boats. Um, and, uh, then, um, Kishu dives and swims for the whale god, and the village elder is like, no, not yet! Uh, he hasn't given the order for, like, the, 
you know, the whale killer to swim out. Yes, and obviously he was going to, you know, gesture Shockey forward first. Yes, um, and, and uh, uh, the Elder holds Shockey back. Like, Shockey wants to swim out there and get there first, but the Elder's like, no, it's not time yet. Um, presumably, like, the whale has not yet been sufficiently weakened. Yes, and uh, I had the sense that maybe they were literally too far away, so the swim was also going to be hypothermic, but... Yeah, that's possible, too. Anyway, whatever, for whatever reason, it's not time yet. Uh, and, and so Shaki just has to watch desperately as uh, Kishu climbs the side of the whale god and attacks uh, with yeah. a harpoon. Yeah, and we get this extended sequence of Kishu um, impaling the side of the harpoon and being sprayed with black blood in monochrome, and then a wave washing the blood off him. And so it keeps happening. He does all this injury. And, you know, I think the, the elder is like commentating. He's like, he struck a vital point. You know, he's, he struck part of the, you know, inner of the whale. And now not being familiar with Japanese shore whaling, I was not aware that this is not how you kill the whale. So to me, it just looked like Kishu doing exactly what Ahab was doing at the end of 1956. And in fact, I think there's a very clear, again, Either they saw the movie or something about whaling just reproduced the exact imagery. Yeah, but yes, when when the elder says he's struck a vital spot, it doesn't mean the thing that I kind of assumed it it's meant. It's not the life spot of the whale. Exactly. It's just a major, like, it's a major injury. A lot of blood is coming out. The whale is weakened. Yeah, but, um, but, uh, the elder calls out that the god, the whale god is going to dive, um, and Kishu basically following Yohei's advice. Uh, but he, he doesn't know about it. Yes, but I'm just saying he's doing that. He continues to attack and hangs on to the whale god and is dragged under. He does exactly what Ahab does in 56. Yes. You, you see him still stabbing as the whale goes under. And uh, then the go whale god surfaces and Kishu's corpse is tangled in the nets. Exactly like Ahab's. Yes. Like It's, it's straightforwardly the same thing and it's really effective. Now so I will say it's very, very possible that the novel got the image of someone attached to the whale, someone's corpse attached to the whale. It's very possible that the novel, The Whale God, got that from Moby Dick, the novel. Yes, but I guess I guess the position is I think that Kishu is enough like Ahab. I mean, I guess it's complicated. It is impossible to know. I just think that so much of the visual stuff going on looks so similar that either, you know, maybe it's even not a question of just, like, the visual language of whaling necessitating these, but even just, like, the state of cinema at the time means that if you're gonna have someone stabbing a giant whale with a harpoon and being dragged under and coming up, it's gonna look relatively similar, but it just felt so incredibly, like, the resonant. same. Resonant, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's true. But, um, but, but yeah, so, uh, so, now Kishu's corpse is hanging from the whale, and now it's Shaki's chance. Yep, Shaki's turn to go die on the whale. Yeah, so he, he dives, he swims out to the whale. Um, he, like, climbs up past Kishu's body. Yes, uh, and he... he God, as gothic. As seems to be, like, the normal way that this yeah. should be done, he's armed with a knife that he's swum over with in his teeth. Um, yeah, and he's trying, he gets up and he starts cutting around the blowhole. Yes, and uh, he actually, like, rides the whale under the water and then comes back up yeah, still alive a dive. Well, each three time, times. Each time he dives, he dives, we think he looks, like, more dead. Like, the first time he's, like, kind of sagged over, I'm like, oh god, is he dead? And then he, like, gets up and he starts stabbing and I'm like, my god, he's alive, I didn't expect that. And then the whale dives again and I'm like, <gasps> and then he comes up and he's like, 
hat, like he's flopped over on top of the way. I'm like, okay, okay, this time he's dead. And he, you see his eyes open and he pulls himself up and he starts stabbing at him. I'm like, really? Okay. And then the whale dives again. I'm just like, okay, third time. He has to be dead. And he's like sprawled like next to Kishu. And I'm like, yes, that must be the image. And then he slowly gets himself up and back on top. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And then he manages to ring the snout and he kills the whale god. Yeah. And um, the the third time the third time that the whale dives, the water runs black with gore. Yes. Um, and uh, then the whale surfaces as a corpse. Oh, okay. Sorry. I misunderstood. I misremembered the the sequence of things. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, the third time the third time the whale surfaces, it is yes. Yeah, so he, he does not dead. manage to get back up to uh, stab the whales uh, again. He doesn't need to. He's already finished it. He's just lying next to Kishu, but his eyes his eyes open again, and he like moves. Yeah, and he's still he's, alive. He's clearly alive, but he's also clearly exhausted. And turns out more than that. Yeah, like he's. Even just as I had saw, seen that moment before I got to the later moments where we learned the extent of his injuries, I would probably have described him as broken. Yeah. It turns out all his limbs are broken. Yep, yep. All four limbs just fucking broken. Uh, and he regains consciousness in the church um, with the, the village elder and the priest and A with their son all kind of standing over him. Yeah. Um, And so that's when, uh, you know, the... Uh, the elder explains to him that the whale god is dead and they've butchered it and its head is on the beach. Um, and uh, also explains to him that all his limbs are broken. Yeah, yeah, gotta be a hard thing to hear. Shaki insists on being brought to the beach to the whale's head to die. Um, and A supports him in this. She she also, like... She insists that they honor his wish. Yeah, and uh, the... I mean, they don't want, the elder and the, and the priest don't want to do this because, the, I mean, the elder's like, you you can't be moved. Your your limbs are all broken. Uh, and the the priest has, like, a religious objection of some kind, um, I think. But it, it's not really clear. Again, the way the priest talks in this movie is not super transparent to us. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they do end up... Uh, they put him in a coffin... Yes. And carry him to the beach. They do. With his four limbs broken. And so he's lying there in the coffin. Yeah, he's lying. Under the giant head of the whale. God, it looks incredible. Yeah, also, we only see Shatsu's eyes during this the final battle with him. Yes. We... And now, when he's on the beach, there's this focus on his massive, half-lidded eye. Yes, yeah. Um. And uh, and And the priest tries to, like say some kind of prayers over Shaki, but he rejects that um, and tells him to leave. Um, yep. And in fact, he asks to be left alone entirely. Um, With the whale god's head. Yes. And and uh, the elder, like... There's also one other person there when they're alone. It's uh, Kishu's corpse. Oh, God, Kishu's you're right. Kishu's corpse has washed up on the beach, so it's just at the margin of the water, tangled in one of the ropes, still in, like, the pose of stabbing. Yes, yes. And so there's this, like... These three dead or dying objects on the beach, the whale god's head, keep it, like, fully drawn up onto the shore and, like, just severed at the neck. So it's this huge, weird triangle. Mm -hmm. And below that, this 
rectangular coffin in which Kishu, uh, which Shaki is lying, and then Kishu's body is barely visible in, like, the shallows, and occasionally you'll get a shot directly of it when people are talking about Kishu, and it goes beyond gothic to this surreality, surreality this, like, bizarre combination of objects. It almost looks like a Dali painting. Yeah, and, um, yeah, everyone you know, uh, honors Shaki's wish to be left alone. The elder, like, takes off his jacket and lays it on him and then leaves. And, um, everyone else, you know, like, the, the pallbearers, essentially, yeah, they yeah. also leave. Um, but, uh, A turns back. And, um, she's crying over Shaki. And she confesses that, uh, Kishu was her rapist and the father of her child. Um... Which, she says she feels she needs to confess this or else she'll go to hell. Um, <sighs> yeah. And Shaki says that he already knew this when he saw Kishu attacking the whale god. Because uh, he he could tell that, like, Kishu was attacking in, like, a reckless manner that wasn't intended to kill the whale god, but rather to weaken it so that Shaki would be able to kill the whale god and still survive. Yeah, it's... I, I know I'm overusing this word, but it's gothic as hell. It's like this intense drama of, like, extremely questionable redemption and, like, horrible sin and guilt. Yeah, and, um... And, like, on some level, there has to be... You have to read this as Kishu's, like, concern for Shaki of be, having been driven by his desire to see his biological child you know, of rape, but his biological child, like, have a father and have a family. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a very strange, it, it's, I think that, because the thing is, we've talked about how, like, oh, if you understand how this type of whaling works, you'd realize that what Kishu was doing from the beginning was, is like, strange. not how you kill a god, not how you kill a god, well, that too, <laughs> but not how you kill a whale, um, but I, I, I have to wonder how familiar an audience in Yeah, I think it's intended to be revealed yeah. at that point. I don't think it's meant to be, oh, obviously he's doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if you were a whaling buff, you'd know that, but... I, yeah, I think I, the way that the way that this, this moment is, I think we are meant to learn... It's a with, revelation. Learn with A yeah. that what Kishu was doing was not actually trying to be the one to kill the whale god, but rather trying to prepare the way for Shaki. And, um... And to try and let Shockey survive. Yeah, and, uh... Which, uh... Yeah. Not super successful. Yeah. Shockey asks A to forgive Kishu, um, and he asks her to raise their child to be a proud whaler, and then he asks her to leave him alone to die with the whale god. His one true love. Yeah, and, uh, she at least fulfills that last request. Yeah, it's... I think there's a sort of ambiguous sense of, like... That she may raise the child to be a whaler, at least. I have no idea what she's thinking about forgiveness. I mean, yeah, like, on some level, she lives in Wadaura. If she raises her child in Wadaura, he's probably going to be a whaler, whaler, right? Um, Like, the alternative is to flee. Yeah, um, and I mean, we did actually kind of talk about this when we watched the film. I said something about, like... Well, she's got a sister-in-law in Nagasaki. Yeah, yeah. Also, something that's... is Has it been mentioned yet at this point in time, or is they going to get to it? The thing about Nagasaki. Th- that's later. Okay, cool. Yeah, so so the, the next scene is that um, the village elder and Toyo appear at, you know, Shaki's coffin, 
Uh, and the elder explains to Shaki that they've sent for a doctor from Nagasaki. So I think we can probably assume that they've sent for Kasuke. I, I think it's at least implicit, or at the very least, I think that the sort of the... The irony here is this idea that at first the idea of, you know, a doctor from Nagasaki is presented as like a break with whaling tradition. You're going off, you're being modern, you're, you know, you're abandoning the honor of whaling. Mm -hmm. And now in this extreme moment, there's this need for that kind of sucker or survival or in a lot of ways, the exact same thing that he asked for for Yuki, he now needs himself, which is this sort of lifeline to a society that isn't driven by the constant war against the whale. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, uh... It's three days away. Yeah, well, no, it's not three... They, the, the elder says he'll, he'll be here tomorrow night. Oh, I, for some reason I thought there was like a three day, that was like in three days or something, but... Yeah, no, the elder says he'll be here tomorrow night, and Shaki says, I'll die with sunset tomorrow, so I won't survive to see the doctor. Um, and, uh, then the elder says there'll be a wedding for you and Toyo tomorrow. Although he doesn't he doesn't literally say you and Toyo. He says there'll be a wedding between like my daughter and the bravest spearfisher or something like that. He he refers to both of them slightly elliptically. But Yeah, yeah, but he's making it clear that he's fulfilling his sort of social role. Yeah, he he is in fact keeping the bargain and Shaki says I already have a wife her name is A. Um yeah, and I think the, the here the village elder actually says something like no, no, you will have my lands, you will have my, you know, I think he says my mountains and my fields, like he did during the initial oath. You'll have my, you know, title. You will be the village elder, Shaki. You know, that is my, like, my duty to do this. Yeah, and Toyo also insists that she and Shaki will be married. And this is the moment when Shaki asks, like, Miss, do you love me? And she says, no, I don't. And then he says, well, why would you marry me? Um, And I think she... Doesn't she say something like, I'm the daughter of the village elder? Yes, yeah. She basically is like, that's my role. It's my position. Yeah. Um, and, and it would be it would be shameful to not do this. And I think this is really such a, a concrete expression of the way in which this is a, a communal question and a communal project here, where the figures who have most been, like, the driving force behind the... I mean, a lot of the drama, if there had been no promise of Toyo's hand in marriage, then uh, Kishu would not have been involved. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I think it's interesting that in this moment, the Elder is kind of going back on, I think, two different things that he's previously said. First of all, he's going back on the thing he explicitly said to Shaki, which is like, well, you can't marry my daughter now. Mm-hmm. Um Clearly, he's changed his mind about that. Or he feels compelled. Like, he was like, oh no, it would be terrible if you married my daughter. But Shaki did kill the whale god in return, and he has to fulfill his oath. Yes, and and I think that, I mean, I also think, like, it's, it's interesting. Like, he also, you know, his his promise to Toyo was, you won't have to go through with this deal because... The person who kills the whale god will die. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear, I think, that he could just let Shaki die and let let Toyo get what she wants in that sense. But at least she claims in this scene that's not what she wants anymore. She does want to marry Shaki. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, something I don't really know is like how much it means that the elder is promising to like 
give his lands and title to the dying Shaki. I mean, he's also promising to get a doctor there to save his life. But at the yes. same time, at the same time, I think that is clearly a pretty um, chancy proposition, right? I mean, I think it's complicated because if he gives it up to Shaki, I don't think he just gets it back when Shaki dies. Right. So that's the thing I was wondering is like, who would the lands and title go to? Who, in fact, do like? I guess we can probably assume that like Shaki and A's son. Y- yeah, probably right. Like it's it's a weird context and a bizarre one, and we don't get any like further description of the legalities of it. But it's like it's also the village elders basically saying he's just gonna give up on life. He has completed his ambition, the honor of Japanese whaling, and like. The possibility of Japanese whaling without the whale god is now open and freed. Yeah, he. I think he literally says, like, I have nothing to live for now that the whale god is dead. The yeah, whale he, god was my life. Yes. He is in this very, like, noble, not in the sense of, like, like selfless, obviously, but in the sense of literally nobility, of... of um, Hereditary nobility. Yes, and, like, almost a paternalistic way had this absolute dedication to the community and its ability to continue doing what he saw as its, like, driving purpose, which is whaling. Yeah. And, um, basically, Toyo and the Elder both just insist that Shaki will marry Toyo, and then they leave. Yeah, these, the social contract, the social organization of this, of Wadaura will be fulfilled with this conclusion. And Shaki's basically just like, I don't care yeah, I mean, Shaki knows that it's not going to happen, because he knows that he's going to die. Yes. Um, and he is just left alone with the whale god, and he reflects on its death, and Kishu's death, and his own death. Yeah, it's it's intense, it's weird. <sighs> uh, we, we're getting, like, Shaki's internal monologue here for the first yeah, time in the yeah. entire film. Um, the first time that anyone's enti- in- internal monologue has happened. Yeah. Um. And uh, A stands on the rocks and sings about the whale god. Uh, Specifically, she sings as like a lullaby to her child the words that Shaki's mother spoke as like her dark prophecy and oath uh, over the body of his brother before she collapsed in the sand. Yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, in his dying moments, Shaki feels as if he is becoming the whale god. Um, and he, he's like, yeah, I'm turning into a whale. I, I won't die. I'll become the whale god and swim off. Yes. And he also says that he's going to like see Kishu soon. Yes. And, uh, the last shot, the last image of the film is a whale swimming, swimming into off. the sunset. Yeah. And it's, it's, God, it's, it's completely dissolved. And like, I don't know how, whether we should interpret that literally or symbolically. And I think on some level doing either is either solely is missing a lot of what makes Moby Dick great in which this movie has managed to capture. Yeah. Which is the intense ambiguity of a lot of its symbols. Yeah, yeah. This film isn't uh, explicitly underscoring in the same way that Moby Dick does the question of, like, is the whale actively malevolent? Yeah, does I don't it have think an that's, intelligence? I don't think that's really entering into it at all. I think, in fact, it's taken for granted that there is some kind of intelligence or nature to the whale because because of that thing where Shaki is sort of becoming the whale god and sort of merging with it and having this relation to it. And I think what's fascinating really for this is the complicated question of that 
triad of Kishu, Shaki, and the Whale God, the two men who are the most evil and in some ways the most, like, virtuous or good men in the movie. Like, Shaki, you know, being like, no, no, this is my child, I will, you know, care. that's a very straightforwardly good action. In fact, it's like a, it's a deeply virtuous action, especially within the context of the society of the film. Yeah. And it's a selfless one, and it's one that's, you know, in part driven by the fact that he has this massively sort of self-negating thing to draw, where he can just say, I don't care about my prospects because I'm going to die killing the whale god. Or all I care about is killing the whale god. And meanwhile, Kishu is like, just pure evil. He's like, he's, I mean, he's literally, he's a rapist, he's a murderer, he's plans nothing but cruelty for the people around him, he's a drunkard who uses, you know, then gets in fights and beats people up. Uh, just incredibly cruelly and brutally. Although, I will say, um, given Shaki's interpretation of Kishu's actions, yeah. I think it's interesting to look back at the scene where Shaki and Kishu fight. Because... Yes, I I agree. I think that Kishu is fundamentally trying to look out for Shaki there in his weird, awful way. Yeah, I mean, I and I even think his, like, his brutal description of, of what he plans to do with Toyo... I even think that, like, I'm not saying that that's not something he would potentially actually do. Because yeah. we know he is, like, violent in exactly that way. But um, but I also think that he's telling that to Shaki in that moment, in some sense, to, like, to drive Shaki to hate him. Mm-hmm. And, like... Like, I think he's... And allow him to be killed by the whale. Exactly. I think he's... What he's trying to do in that moment is to get Shaki to let Kishu go off and die. Yes. And I think that... Yeah, so I do think that Kishu, when I say he's pure evil, I think that he is meant to be, like, the worst person here. Like, the village elder is clearly conventional. He stands for the actual, like you know, the community as a whole and its norms. He is literally the person in charge of the community. He has, like, a daughter whose marriage is this driver because it will make you the, like, the village elder. The village elder is central to the community and represents their interests in, like, a... a, a in a weird way, because he represents their interests in a way where it's not Wadaura, but Japanese whaling in general that he sees himself as, an, as a representative of. Yeah. Such that he does not, he's willing to destroy the community to save it in some abstruse way. And Shaki is, like, personal, virtuous, like, excellence in a certain way. And I I think in some ways, these three of them each have qualities that in Moby Dick are more or less centered in Ahab. Shaki has this intense drive for vengeance and this sort of personal intensity and excellence that allows him, despite not being, you know an aged, dedicated mariner to be a genuine threat to the whale god. And and he also has a, a, a monomania. Yes, absolutely. He, he is, only cares about killing the whale god. Yes, he is, he is Ahab's monomania and drive personified, or, or you know, reworked, obviously. Yeah. And uh, the village elder is Ahab's position, his captaincy. And then Shaki is Ahab... Uh, Kishu. Sorry, Kishu, yes. Ugh. Kishu is Ahab's evil, his his negative side, his uh, viciousness, his, you know, the the side of him that is condemned, or that at the very least is, you know, 
the madness in a sense that is not purely like directed but also sort of the cracked brain yeah and i think that means that the three of them have this very complicated intersection around the whale and i think it means that much as you know ahab's sinfulness is complicated so is you know while i think kishu does things worse than anything ahab does i think that kishu is a weird and complicated kind of awful yeah yeah um also i i feel like i should mention i i said that shaki like is ahab's monomania that's true but obviously the village elder also is that he is yeah. also unilaterally devoted to the destruction of the whale but he's not he's not throwing himself into the whale's jaws no he's he is the measured monomania. He is the, like, when I say the captaincy, he's the one who's like, here are all the, like, things you can do. Here's nailing the doubloon to the mast. Here are all the things that can achieve this singular aim. And then here's Shockey, who's the, like, actual, the one with the harpoon who desperately wants to plunge it into the whale and who expects to die doing so. Yes. Um, and I also think it's interesting, by the way, discussing these three characters and saying that they have some kind of, that they somehow, like, orbit the whale. They yeah. also orbit Toyo. Yes. Like, each of them, I mean, because of this promise, yes. each of them has this sort of complicated and, and like, like feudal, patriarchal yeah, relationship to Yeah, they have a claim on her under the sort of patriarchal organization of the community. Yeah. She's a prize. She's not happy about it, but she also refuses to rebel against it because she feels that it's part of her position, part of her sort of standing. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, A is not a prize. She's, I mean, she's disgraced, she's di mistreated, she's left in a position where Shockey marrying her is purely a loss for him from a sort of social perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is terrible. She really doesn't deserve all that. Yeah, yeah, it... it... I suppose this is true of every character in the film, but A is really an intensely tragic figure. Yes. And, like, this is really, you know, it's a social tragedy. It's an entire society pursuing a mad end. Yohei is right, is my position. There's no secret to killing the whale. It just requires you to kill yourself doing it, and that's stupid. That is that is madness. More so than I'm willing to, in, to, you know, I've always had a pretty positive position on Ahab's madness, Whereas I think the communal madness here is, is a, has a different kind of complexity because, like, the danger of not getting revenge on the whale is not some theological expression of evil. It's the, on some level, the wholeness and c capacity of this community to continue existing how it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, I do think that, you know, there is a real question of, like, if they didn't kill the whale god what, what would, would they do because i think there is a real sense in which the whale god is you know terrorizing the whaling grounds off japan yes. and it's not like possible to undergo normal whaling at least when the whale god is around yeah it's an entire period of the year when you can't whale because if you encounter the whale god you will die i think it's it's entirely fair to say that if the whale god were unslain you would just have the destruction of Japanese whaling of the time. So yes, this community would not be able to exist as it exists as whalers without the destruction of the whale god. Yeah, like, I, I think that it is, like, very 
the the way that like Casca's departure is framed, I think, yeah. is very accurate. That it's like, well, your options are stay and participate in this mad hunt to kill the whale god, or go somewhere else and stop being a whaler and do something else with your life. And in some sense, you know, modernize. Although, yeah, you know, like that's not like underlined super hard as like, oh, he's like joining a, a more modern. Society, no, but he but is off to be like a doctor in a very like in, oh in this a is city, this yeah. is modernizing Japan. We've got new professions and new possibilities, and this is like a weird and archaic tradition that is driving you towards death. Yeah, um, yeah, it's intense, and I think that's part of why I keep saying gothic, gothic, gothic all over is that that social dimension in which like the repressed underlying tensions of this society of this whaling institution and to some extent of this feudal society are erupting forward in the body of this monstrous whale yeah i mean i feel like you know uh this is i feel like one of the major things that makes this narrative different from moby dick mm-hmm. is that this whaling takes place close to where the whalers families live yes that's a it's a huge difference that they can see the whaling from the shore and i think one of the things that this means is that the violence of whaling is so much closer to home Mm. like this is something that i think uh ishmael often tries to underline in a kind of ironic way in moby dick where he'll talk about like how you know, these sort of upright townhouses of Nantucket are, you know... Built on whaleboat. Yeah, bought and paid for by whaling, and then he underscores how, like, whaling is this kind of business of death and blood. Um, Mm -hmm. But... He also says at one point that there is not one gallon of oil that you burn that a drop of man's blood has not been shed for. Yes. But there's this idea that, like, whaling deaths are... I mean, to some extent, unknowability in Moby Dick kind of comes from one of its many sources is this idea that you die on the other side of the world and nobody even knows if you're dead until much later uh and only i am returned you know only i have survived to tell the tale yes whereas here when when a whaler of wadaura dies like they recover the body and it's not less horrible (laughs) no and i think what i think what's definitely the case is that unknowability is not a theme of this movie like the unknowability of the whale god is not a concern it's to some extent like it i just don't think that the mystery of the whale god is really mysterious in the same way it's not like what drives moby dick what is going on in there no the whale god is very straightforwardly an avatar of like avenging or destructive nature that you know, he can feel he is becoming at the end. He can feel he has this connection to, whereas there is no connection between anyone and the mind of Moby Dick. That is something far removed from us. They can only guess that with theology. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think that has something to do with, like, as I was saying, the kind of, like, immediate presence Yeah, no, no, of I'm, the I'm vi- totally agree. Yeah, I know you're not disagreeing. I'm just developing my point. Yeah, yeah. Which is that, like, you know, you talk about, like, this as a sort of gothic social tragedy we're seeing like the tensions of this community develop and i i think that what's going on with kishu is in some sense like when he says only a murderer like me can kill the whale god i don't think he's wrong 
in that I think the film is kind of suggesting to us that that whaling has always been murder. See, I, I, I'm not saying it's saying that, like, whales are people and so killing a whale yeah. is equivalent to murder. But it is saying that to be a whaler is to go out there with a knife and get covered with gore and come back with bones. I See, I think that there's two things going on because there's two models of the whaler that we have here, Shockey and Kishu. And one of them is Shockey is totally involved in this community. He's grown up in it. He's from a long line of people who have died fighting this whale god. He is born to it. He's totally within it. And Kishu, on the other hand, is utterly divorced from it. He is a drifter. A He's known only by the fact that he is foreign. He's from Kishu. He is an utterly, like, atomized, separated person, and his desires for wealth and for, like, the promise is, are totally, like, disconnected from the community. He has no desire to be the elder of the community, even if maybe he wants to marry Toyo and move up socially. And I think that that separation from the community is as much part of his, like, murderer-ness as killing whales and people. That's true. I, I think you're right. Um, but I also think, like, it's interesting to consider the fact that, um, and this is something that's, I don't know how much we brought this up, but, like, it's not just the people of Wadara who are participating in this hunt. No, no, we've talked about this. It's the whole Japanese whaling community. People are coming from all over. There's this sense that this is the last stand against this force that is destroying Japanese whaling. Yeah, and, like, in fact, uh, in the scene where, um, that one sort of, like, experienced whaler, like, brings out this, like, big guy, his champion to fight yeah, Kishu. Yeah, that guy, we, we've talked about it. He's a whaler from another village who's come to, uh, to Yeah, Mara. and I guess what I'm saying is Kishu is clearly an experienced enough whaler to 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 accomplish everything we see him accomplish yes. in the hunt, right? Like, I, I, He hurls a harpoon well, he swims well, he does all of that. Yeah, so I don't think that Kishu... Like, Kishu is, fundamentally, a whaler from a different village. Yes. A- and, like, because he is, like, a social outcast, he he isn't a part of this whaling community in the same way. But, like, I, I don't think that, like, I think that there is something going on with the idea that, like, Kishu is still a whaler. Yes, but I think what's going on is that the idea is that the sort of the ultimate whaler, the at least the argument he's making is that the ultimate whaler, what a dumb phrase, I need to find it, the like ideal whaler is disconnected utterly from anything but this hunt, is a, a murderer, an outcast, he has no social life, he is not involved in this social world that is so entangled around Shockey that totally like shapes his every action. He needs to be completely separated from that, and thus is capable of facing the whale god, who I think is to some extent presented as the the nemesis of this entire social world and its superior in some sense. Yeah. It's, it's limit. And, I mean, I think that in some sense, he is not wrong about that. Yeah, I mean... I mean, that's... Yohei's advice, right, is that you have to be prepared to die yes. and so that means in some sense that you have to be prepared to abandon all earthly ties yeah and Shaki is but he's doing it entirely because he becomes the vessel for all of this community's like drive and purpose and yeah. his like long family vengeance and in this way he and kishu are very similar both of them are utterly without concern for their own lives in a certain sense 
Kishu because he's completely like, you know, he's socially dead in a very different way from Shockey's sort of, you know, social preparedness to die. Yeah. Um... One of them is, you know, prepared to die because he is prepared to be the like sacrifice on behalf of this society, and one of them is prepared to die because he has no place in this society, so there's no difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I just think it is so, so fascinating that whaling is this deeply, deeply communal thing here, and it's like, it is, it is... Families. It, it is, yeah, it is in, inextricably tied up with, like, family lineages, and yet also, like, to be a whaler is to be prepared to be totally disconnected from that. Yeah, um, it is to go out into the terrible sea and uh, face a avatar of natural destruction that is simply larger than you. Yeah, um, and, uh, like, I, I it, it almost feels like if the hunt for Moby Dick took place on the shores of Nantucket, this is what would happen. You know? Like, if, if 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 everything that happens in the novel was right out there in the open in front of everybody all their lives, this is the society that would result. Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to say that's... Obviously, that is not the case because Japan and Massachusetts are very different places. I know that. But... Um, sure, sure. I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that I think that it's not just that because there's also things like i don't think that nantucket shore whaling as nantucket whaling in america would be any less say a capital investment question mm. if it were happening on the shore now it might be somewhat different but we have shore whaling that appears in moby dick when it's discussed in the english context so i do think there are culturally specific ways this is understood i think part of it is that frankly i think japanese shore whaling was a much larger and more coherent industry with an actual class of whalers that is like a national class of the like of a kind that has a particular orientation to the means of production compared to say british shore whalers who maybe pull in something or like you know what i'll bet this movie could happen in the basque country sure yeah but like i think it is that relationship of there being an entire community of people who do this kind of work and the way it's structured around the shore and the fact that it is, like, large enough to be larger than a single village, larger than a single place, and also old enough that it is not, like, capitalized and invested in and so on, but is instead tied up with feudal honor and, like, old tr peasant tradition and all that. Yeah, so something that was not, like, ever made clear at all in this movie is... What happens to the oil once it's processed? Like, obviously, this village is not going to use Burn all, the all oil. of it. No, they yeah. definitely like they definitely sell sell it. it. Yeah, but we don't know who sells it, to whom they sell it, where the money goes. Yeah, no, there's absolutely no interest in the oil economy beyond the whalers. Yeah, this is all about the people who live in the whaling village, and not at all about like their middlemen and then selling it on to towns that need light. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <sighs> but, yeah, and there's even this sense of, like, a difference between fishermen and whalers. Like, I'm sure they do fishing to help survive, because, like, logically necessary, but, like, you wouldn't know it from this movie. You'd think they were totally different, and we never see a fisherman, because we never see the other patrons of that bar in a fishing, of that tavern in a fishing village where, uh, Yohei is, um, like, hiding out. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, God, also that thing where he's like, you're going to drag me back to Adara, I'm not going to go, is so much this sense of, like, you have a place in society, you have, like, a, you know, a class, you are a peasant of a certain kind, there's a sense that you will be pulled back into your community, which has this claim on you, and in his case, yeah, it is a claim of being one who goes out to do terrible violence upon the sea. Yeah, Yohei is, in some sense, like, trying to be the kind of social outcast that Kishu is. Yeah, he has chosen total social abnegation. I mean, he's literally a beggar who survives on scraps and pity. And he's saying, it is better to be this than a whaler. Whereas, obviously, Kishu feels the opposite. He has been a, you know, total outlaw, total, you know, uh, I keep saying socially dead, but it really is the case. A socially dead person. And he is... He wants to enter into society through his power of violence, and therefore whaling is the option. Yeah. Although, the, I feel like Kishu's... The question of, like, does Kishu want to involve himself in this whaling community is really fraught, because on the one hand... He, he certainly ob- didn't come here to make friends. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> yes. But, and, like, you know, he doesn't want to get married. He doesn't want to have children. Um, he doesn't want to have, like... He, he wants to relate socially to the other people in Wadaura through violence. Yes, solely through his physical ability, both to, like, knock the shit out of people who come to him, but also go out and kill whales really well. Yes. But then... I, fascinating question. I'll bet the novel me- mentions this. Did Kishu go out on whaling voyages over the course of the year? Yeah, that's something I mean, like, we... he must have. Because otherwise, I'm not sure how he'd have supported himself in the village. Yeah, that's true. We don't see anything like that. Um, we also don't have any sense of where he lives. I mean, if, if you're right that that big building is like a place where whalers sleep, that, that would make a certain amount of sense, and maybe he's just living there. But at the same time, it's like, it's almost hard for me to believe that he just, like, slept alongside the other whalers and nobody like i guarantee he slept in like one corner with the worst blanket and no one came near him and he like and if they tried to come near him he like scared them off yeah i i'm i feel like he had to sleep with a knife right i mean like yeah but also at the same time i mean first of all it is a 60s movie i think that in that context you don't sleep with a knife because people come up and challenge you to a fist fight in like broad daylight like, That's every fair. time someone comes up to fight him, there's no suggestion that someone might, not even the guy who was burned, might try and jump him. It's always like, hey, I found the biggest man. Fight him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's the honor in whaling. There- yeah, and he specifically is very, like, yeah, that's the code of the sea. But yeah, he specifically found the biggest whaler and was like, here is a representative of whaling as a community. I have no identity except dude who is part of the whaling community. I have unleash him upon you. And then, you know, Kishu fucking wins, like, yeah. completely. And more or less straightforwardly... Uh, Kishu as the ultimate, like, antisocial whaler, and Shaki as the ultimate socially involved whaler, uh, they tie. Yeah, and, and also, like, ultimately, in that final moment, Kishu is the one uh, whaling as a social action, in yes. that he is whaling to save Shaki's life to defend their mutual son. Yeah, and he's also, um... Yeah, he's disobeying orders. He's acting in ways that appear antisocial, but he's actually acting, at least according to Shockey's interpretation that I think is pretty straightforwardly meant to be true within the movie, 
to ensure the social success of this whaling effort with Shockey's survival, and not trying to seize at the sort of gain that he'd previously made it very clear was the only reason he was at all involved with anyone. Yeah, like, in that final hunt, there is this strange reversal where, like, to whale, to to do what Kishu is doing, which is, like, to to do whaling wrong, you know, to do it recklessly and, yes. and kind of pointlessly violently. Yes. Um, is actually, an, bizarrely, to uphold, like, a social network, whereas to do it correctly in the way that, like, you have been prepared to do by generations. Yeah, that's this self-destructive singular action that only has to do with your own weird internality. Yeah, um, and, and so, yeah, like, you described Kishu as the anti-social whaler and Shaki as the social whaler, and I think that's true in terms of- But it's of... also complicated, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's all about how they cross and how that, like, connects. And I think that's why they make for a really good and dynamic, like, hero-villain pair, effectively. Yeah. Like, the way they relate to each other in the whale is just fascinating. Oh, that reminds me. One thing that I wanted to point out is that in his kind of, like, dying monologue, mm -hmm. uh, when Shaki is kind of, like, thinking about Kishu and he says, I'll see you soon, he says, Kishu, we were enemies in life, but you were a worthy adversary. And I think that's fascinating because in their first interaction... Uh, he refused to call him an enemy. Exactly. He said, the whale god mm. is my only enemy. Oh, in the end, both of them are the whale god. Like, Kishu, uh, Shaki is saying, I become one with the whale god by defeating him. I have killed him, now, my, and I, now I die, but I don't die. I enter into life, I become the whale god. But at the same time, he's saying, Kishu, you are a worthy adversary. Like, it's this three-way thing where they are all identified with each other and also all deadly foes yes he is the whale and he is all and the whale is his enemy he is you know he has this identity with kishu they're sort of mutual fathers and they're like worthy adversaries so they're enemies but also they recognize each other and they'll see each other soon and kishu and the whale were both his adversaries and also both these sort of symbols of destruction that he had this you know elaborate destructive dance with yeah. No, it's... And again, this is this very different set of interests from Moby Dick. Yes. And also, I feel like we should mention that he's in a coffin at the very end, giving a monologue that closes out the story. Yes. Just as Ishmael floats on a coffin on the sea at the end of uh, Moby Dick. Yeah, and it's it's also, I think, definitely a, a a clear sort of reversal of the end of Moby Dick in that at the end of Moby Dick... <laughs> The whale's alive, but so is our narrator floating on the coffin. At the end of the whale god, the whale is dead, and so is Shaki. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that the the orientation also towards, like, Ishmael, there is no actual Ishmael in this story. There is no, like, because Ishmael is an outsider, right? He's, yeah. he's someone who has wandered into the social world, become fully involved in, in a very, like, pro-social way, and then comes out of it able to express what has occurred, having encoded it and being able to re-encode re it to others. Yeah. That's a very weird way of putting it, but I think that, like, Ishmael's function as a recording device. Like, Ishmael is the, like, audio log that you pick up when you find, the, <laughs> like, a, a destroyed place in a video game. Ishmael is environmental storytelling. Oh my god. And uh, that's... There is no function of memory to shocky... Or really, like, the person who serves as, I think, the Ishmael in this is, is A. 
Mm. She's the one who is, like, she's also kind of the Starbuck. She's the one calling away from this to, like, wife and family. Right. In this case, her. um, And trying to sort of suggest that, like, there's there's a better way. But I... What I mean is that I don't think that the roles that were so... Like, we saw in 1956 Moby Dick rearranged the roles of Moby Dick the novel and, like, gave them different emphases, but really held them to their basic points. And this, you know, it's a it's a totally different novel. It rearranges a lot of the same valences and questions of uh, guilt and innocence and drive and sort of hesitation and all of these things that happen in Moby Dick, but it's totally rearranged them within, you said social network, and I think that's a great thing, the social network of Wadaura and Japanese whaling. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, I mean, one of the things that defines Ishmael, one of the things that makes him to some extent an outsider from the Pequot, or at least at first an outsider, um, is his, like, education. Yes. Right? And the like educated kind of outsider to whaler that we have in this work is Kaske and first of all he's barely in the film i mean he's in two scenes so yeah, i guess that's he not exists barely but... entirely to like airlift yuki out of this social network <laughs> like he shows that it is possible for a man and a woman who are in love to leave Wadaura and go to a world that is not driven by whale violence yeah and i mean i think that if if you want to ask the question of, like, who is left to remember. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that Kasuke and Yuki also play that role in some sense. But yeah, they, they are theoretically going to arrive immediately after everything is done to hear the story. They're the Rachel. They're, they're the Rachel. I, I'm also reminded of, um... God damn it. Can't remember the name. The Norwegian prince at the end of Hamlet. Oh, uh, Fortinbras? Fortinbras, yeah. When you just show up and, like, a huge tragedy has taken place and you're like, wow, what happened here? Yeah, except that he actually knows the people I mean, involved, yes. so it's much worse. Yeah, no, it's 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 Showing not... Showing up back to your hometown to find out a whale has killed everyone, but they've killed the whale. And uh, also there was, like, uh, incredible, like, social drama and your best friend and, like, brother-in-law uh, is had all his limbs broken and died in a coffin in this bizarre trifecta on the beat. Like, Kasuke's gonna come in and just go, what the fuck were you doing while I was gone? Yeah, especially... I mean, he was saying, they're all mad, they're all crazy, and you know what? He and Yohei were right. Yeah, also, so... Yeah, Kasuke... Kasuke's, like, return after um, Shaki's mother's death... Yeah. ...was before... A gave birth. Yes, yeah, so he's going to find out that Shaki had a son, which, you know, is the official story that everyone's heard. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. <sighs> and he's gonna be like, you you had a son while you were planning to die doing this? Also, he's gonna arrive, like, five minutes too late. Because yes, Shaki dies with the sunset, and Kasuke's gonna arrive that night. Yeah, no, it's clearly set up to be, like, literally Hamlet timing. Like, Hamlet, you know... You know, the rest is silence. Hamlet expires. Fortinbras rocks in and is like, Whoa, I came to pay my respects and everybody is dead. Uh, spoilers for Hamlet. <laughs> Do we need to tag that? No. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No. Anyways. But no, so I think it's worth thinking a little bit about some of the stuff in this that's parallel to things that are less immediately central about Moby Dick that are also going on. And I think that just like, 
and attention to the physical materiality of whaling traditions is a big part of this movie as well. Yes. I think, you know, I think 1956 had some of that. They have that image of the blubber processing. They have, you know, some of the equipment physically. But I think there was a lot less interest in just, like, the world of the whaler. There's less of the, like... I mean, to some extent, I think part of it is just, like, some of the styles involved, the fact that this does have a certain amount of social realism in its, like, kind of sordidness means that it's going to show a lot more just, like, you know, people hanging out and drinking in a way that isn't, like, super cheery and, like, Hollywood sailors the way that it was in 1956. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to... Overstate it? I don't want to make too much of the idea that, like, this film is sort of, like, more accurate. Oh, no, I don't mean accurate. I just mean that it has, like... It has these uh, folk dances and songs. It has these, like, this whole year-round circle of, like, events in the whaling village. It has physical apparatus of whaling, I think, to a slightly greater degree. And I think part of this is just that there is a more established Hollywood cinematic vocabulary of sailing stories that Moby Dick 1956 is drawing on a lot more than it's drawing on, like, the physicality of whaling. And it's not without it. It's got the capstan smoking as the line goes around. 1956 Moby Dick had a lot of these little things, but I just feel like they weren't, they weren't as much of a focus as, say, Master and Commander's focus on the, like, physical world of its ships. And I think this movie has more of that than 1956. I think that it's, like, the bit where it has them, like, you know, hitting the drums and carving up the whale, the bit where you show that the whale bones get left on the beach, and he, uh, Shockey talks about how, you know, when I kill uh, the whale god, his bones will float peacefully in the North Sea. And there's this idea of, like, how you relate to whaling and to whales. And I think that part of that is just the way the movie works is somewhat different than the high adventure of 1956 Moby Dick. Yeah, that's all fair. All right, we are... It's going to be shorter when we edit it, but we've been recording for almost three hours. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of wondering if we'd hit three. Uh, I mean, yes, they'll they'll be editing out. But I think that there's a lot in this movie, and it's very different from Moby Dick in a lot of ways. We had to cover a lot of differences. and I'm not saying that we have spent too long on this. I'm just saying I would like Oh, to we stop. should wrap up. Yeah, that's, I, that's I am fair. tired, I, then. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't think immediately of anything else I want to bring up other than, again, just saying... I love all the shots of people standing on rocks against the sky. It's real cool. It's just a really cool, visible movie. Also, I think you can find it, the whole thing on the Internet Archive, like, streaming. Oh, is that true? Uh, um, I, I found it that way. Um, oh, great. When I was looking for just background information about the book and the movie. Um, so, yeah, I if what we've discussed now sounds cool, I think that the, like, visual spectacle of the film is definitely worth it. The soundtrack is bombastic and intense and dark in fun ways. And, uh, it's just, it's a very interesting counterpoint to Moby Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope people will, uh, you know, seek out this film and watch it. And, um, you know, uh, I've, I've also obtained a copy of this film. Uh, so, you know, um, you're you're it, saying people should hit you up on our email. They they can figure it out. Um, <laughs> uh, the the traditional phrase for this is Yahoo anime rules. Uh, 
Traditional to whom? To people on the abnormal mapping discord. No, that's fair. I I can explain that to you later. My my tradition for this is for someone to say, keep circulating the tapes, which I I know I said previously about something, but, uh, you know, that the mystery science theater thing. I I know. (laughs) I was saying that for the benefit of our listeners. I know you know. That's mystery science theater 3000, not any potential lower numbered version. They don't exist. (laughs) All right. Um, (sighs) so what tune is it you pull to, man? I mean, presumably a traditional Japanese whaling song like we saw a few of them of, but also uh, a dead whaler stoveboat. 